0: Good morning, it is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio, I am Glenn Clark, he's Griffin and it is a Friday, so Press Box's Chief Grand Poobah, Stan the Fan, Charles is in studio with us, good morning my friend. Good morning, good morning guys. you get your donuts?
1: Uh, all donut All's out. good then, all's new, good. I got a new uh, process I put in place, wait a just second. just get the Friday donut, that's it. No more donuts, wait a
0: second. Friday only. That's Friday, it? Yeah. How long you been doing that? Oh, just today. Okay.
2: <laughs> so I'm trying to are, implement. Are you Are way you way. planning
1: on keeping it as part of the process? <laughs> it's a, sort of a It's sort of a semi New Year's resolution.
0: Right. Well, a lot of people do New Year's resolutions on February 17th. But not sem- semi. No, that's a good point. Great yeah. point. Yeah. Stands here. We got a lot to do on the show today. Obviously, a, sure
1: missed that Mark Turgeon. Yeah.
0: Obviously, a huge night in College Park last night. Griffin was there. Oh yeah, non-zero chance you ran down on the floor with everybody.
3: Uh, no, I didn't go down. There. Right. We were I'm high up. Yeah, we were high up. The, I'm a little surprised. I know. I was. I was. I was a with my brother, surprised. and we were kind of like, "Do we want to go down there?" And we were like, yeah, well, "It was an exciting night for sure." We will talk about it. John Fanta from Fox Sports was
0: in the building, uh, hanging out, checking out the Terps last night. His old friend uh, Kevin Willard from uh, all the Big East stuff he used to do. Also this morning, we will catch up with uh, Ryan Ripkin, who's a bit of a media mogul these days. Uh, I just announced he's uh, joining uh, Baltimore Baseball tonight on 105.7. He's launched a new podcast. We'll catch up with Ryan Ripken, uh, to talk about the start of spring training, as well as he just likes talking about basically anything. So who knows what, what all we'll cover with Ryan. Uh, also this morning, Bo Smolka will check in with us. A lot of bluster over the last couple of days after the, the Ravens announced Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator, reports that they may or may not have tried to involve Lamar Jackson in the process of hiring Todd Munkin. Just a lot of stuff flying around. We'll talk about all of it with our Press Box Ravens beat writer and Ryan Brown, Johns Hopkins and Calvert Hall lacrosse legend, announced his retirement from the PLL earlier this week. We will catch up with him today as well, so a busy day. But indeed, Stan the Fan, Charles, we start in College Park last night. And look, you know... Maryland was only a point and a half dogs at home going into the game. There was definitely a lot of belief from folks that Maryland could win the game. Purdue had, um, you know, just lost at Northwestern a couple days earlier. I, I don't know what the line is between this is an overwhelming job that Kevin Willard has done versus maybe it was just kind of the right year to be in the Big Ten where teams are good but not overwhelming, and that set yourself up to be able to steal a few more wins. But this is now twice this season that a top-five team has faced Maryland, and in the second half of both games, coming out of the locker room, when you have the opportunity to adjust against a good coach in Matt Painter, Maryland has kicked their ass. And to me, that's about as much of a testament as I can give to what it is that Kevin Willard has done and brought to the University of Maryland this season.
1: Well, uh, that's all well and good to me. Along with that, he has brought back an intense passion for Maryland basketball that ceased to exist the last two or three years of Gary Williams. Uh... I think that's after, fair after to say. Yeah, so after Gravis Vazquez. Yeah, after Gravis.
0: Was that two years? I don't even, I feel like. But, it, but
1: yeah. it's not the knock, I'm not knocking Gary. Really? I'm just saying that the passion started to fade a little at the end under Gary, and it never really got underway, and really it was sort of like a, uh, launching a space rocket under Mark Turgeon that just sort of went up in the air, and, mm-hmm. you know, President mm-hmm. Biden shot it down. <laughs> It was like a hot air balloon that was lifting off. I, I, you, you wanted to believe that the old Terps were sure. back, but they were never back, and they had a coach that coached with so little confidence uh, that it was it really destroyed Maryland basketball for well, the last and, and, five and years. To me, it's part of the importance of what I'm reflecting. Like I, I
0: think parsing the difference. I think sometimes teams going like. Let's be fair. Maryland won. Games against top five teams while Mark Turgeon was the coach here. Maryland won, not many, but, you know, as pointed out, the last time was five years ago against Iowa. Mm -hmm. They won ten years ago a game against Duke at the uh, later end of their run in the ACC. They won games against good teams while Mark Turgeon was the coach. But it never felt like there was any sort of difference that Mark Turgeon was making. It felt more like... There were times where they had some good players, and that was enough for them to get by in certain situations. But then when the games were going to matter the most at the end, it would always come out in the wash that, you know, he just wasn't the guy. And when I try to figure out what the difference is with Kevin Willard, because, again, as far as actual accomplishments go, they've had a good season. They haven't had a great season. They've had a good season. But we all look at this group and say, it's thin. It's not overwhelming. Jameer Young is the closest thing they have to a star, and might be moving himself into the like, conversation for, you know, first team All Big Ten or something like that. But he's an under, very undersized guard with a limited, you know, star capacity. It feels like they are accomplishing more than they have any right to accomplish, and defining why it is that this should only be the foundation and something they can build off of moving forward speaks to that like that when you're doing this with this group when you're doing this with a group that doesn't appear to have rock stars that appears to be you know a thin
1: group of this is being accomplished by coaching and hard work nothing else there's not overwhelming talent out there uh and that speaks to why Maryland hasn't been in the top twenty since that, uh, yes, d- that debilitating loss well, yeah, to the Tennessee, Tennessee and, then the and UCLA, UCLA. Bacal, right. you know that proved they weren't. But but from where they were after that UCLA game, where you go, boy, this is same same no, the old turf, you know. Off, yeah. And what he's done is just remarkable. And I'm telling you, the biggest thing he's accomplished, he's got the home fans, the students turning out, and he's got the non-students turning out. And that has become a, a huge home th- home court advantage, and that's u- that's huge well, for him to have a, accomplished in two thirds of a
0: season. Sure. Instead, I would go step be like last night. They played a top five team. There was likely always going to be a huge crowd. They had a sellout right. for Penn State last Saturday. Right. Which is the most nondescript basketball game you could possibly play. Who would care? about a Penn State basketball game. Like, it's just there is a it is a nothing opponent, right. and yet they sold the building out for a Penn State basketball game, and that was a hallmark of Maryland basketball in the past, that it didn't matter who you were playing. We wanted to be there because Maryland was playing. That's exactly right. We wanted
1: right. to feel like a part of something that was going on. And it's back being also uh, – so not, I'm not saying it's all the way back – but I am now much more aware of when Maryland is playing to watch the games, okay? So mm-hmm. there's, it's become mm-hmm. semi-appointment viewing, whereas the last three years, it's, oh, let me see what's on. Oh, Maryland's on. Okay, I'll watch a little bit of it and get disappointed mm-hmm. and frustrated and angry uh, and sort of waxing, nostalgic for when it really meant something. And right now, it means something again. They have not, you know, uh, there's no
0: reason for me to think that this is still going to be a team that's going to make some sort of deep run into the NCAA tournament. I don't necessarily see that. Are they a team that's capable, given the matchup, of winning a couple of games? Sure. Given the matchup, I think they'd be capable of doing that. The rest of the regular season sets up for them to try to stockpile some wins, to take what's been a six wins and seven game stretch and turn it into something far more significant.
1: I've never put myself out there as an X's and O's basketball Mm -hmm. guy. But what I see when I'm watching Maryland now is unbelievably intense defensive pressure. And it's aided by the fact that I I don't think we would have said this six weeks ago. This is a very fast team. They're very athletic. I mean, again, I know we're not a top ten team or anything like that. We probably won't make a long run, but I'll tell you what. I think they stand a better chance today to win an NCAA game in the in the uh, in the championship than not the championship an NCAA the tournament, AA, yes, uh, tournament, the tournament game. Yeah than they did under Mark Turgeon. They're playing with enormous confidence right now because of that defense.
0: They're sold out. They are buying in at every turn. And even at night last night, look, I think everybody that was watching the game, it felt eh for a little while. They only scored 25 points in the first half. They were down pretty consistently throughout the first half and obviously down by six. Early in the second half, it felt like the game was teetering a little bit where Zach Eady could kind of take things over. And it turned on a dime. And and Stephen Bardo pointed out immediately that technical foul changed everything last night. It changed all of a sudden in that moment. They were able to put together kind of a four-point possession, get back into the game, and everything flipped. And it's because they were dynamic defensively. They dug in and they battled. We're going to talk more about Maryland basketball this morning. I want to quickly remind you that there are so many great offers for you available at PressBoxOnline.com offers. While football season is over, you can still bet on tons of other tremendous events like the Daytona 500 this weekend or NBA All-Star Weekend or, of course, the college basketball slate. And right now, if you sign up with DraftKings and bet $5, you'll instantly get $200 in bonus bets for all of those big games. Get that and other great sportsbook promos and specials right now by going to pressboxonline.com offers. That's pressboxonline.com offers. John Fanta from Fox Sports was in town last night checking out the Terps at Xfinity Center. He is with us this morning here on GCR. John, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It is, uh, it's always great to catch up with you. Obviously, around here, it's particularly great to catch up with you after a huge win for Maryland. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us.
4: Glenn and Stan, it's it's awesome to be with you. And it was tremendous to be inside that building last night and to see Maryland put itself on college basketball's map again earlier than anticipated from 11 months ago when Kevin Willard said, I'm going to bring the swagger back to this program. Well, last night you felt it. You felt what can be there. And it, it is a signature moment for a program that, when they're good, it's great for college basketball. Well said. And I thought last night, they've had a nice year up to this point, but last night they announced to everybody that, yes, College Park is back on College Hoops, snap
0: That's so well said, John. I remember talking to you, and obviously you knew Kevin Willard really well from the Big East and your time at the Hall, but I remember talking to you about it, and you were a firm believer in what he was capable of doing. But can you define – to your point, how it's happened this quickly. How he's taken a group that is very thin, as far as quality players is concerned, that is not loaded with superstars by any stretch of the imagination, and in this short amount of time has turned them to a place where they are damn near unbeatable at home and capable of toppling top five teams like they did last night.
4: Yeah, I, I think how he's been able to do it, Jameer Young was the biggest piece to this because Jameer's a Damassa kid, a local kid. So you establish your foundation when you bring somebody in that's from the DMV area that then you're able to, to say, hey, what do you want to do? And he said, well, I'm not letting my college career end without making the NCAA tournament. Well, you can be the poster boy then for this program's renaissance because you're from around here. People will get behind you as a result. And the kid has worked his tail off. I think it's a combination of somebody like that committing to the program, uh, somebody like a uh, uh, Patrick Emelian, who last night, guys, this kid was playing at St. Francis Brooklyn last right. year, and, and and last night he was playing a key role in the win over Purdue. I thought I thought he came in off the bench and just inserted energy immediately. But for me, you know, I, I hope that Kevin never gets away from from this, and I don't think he will. He's very comfortable in his own skin. Last night, the media tried to ask him about this signature moment. They tried to get that, you know, this is great for us. It's magical. It's special. And he said, it's great for the fans, and it's amazing for these kids who have worked their tails off. But he said in this press conference, this is not about me. It's about the players. It's about Maryland. You know, he's got this, he's got this Gary Williams sort of, um, firmness to his answers but it it resonates well resonated well last night but i think it's just the other one is player development like guys have gotten better as the season's gone on and julian reese is the biggest example of that i thought last night julian reese played like one of the best big men in the big 10 he just took on the assignment of edie personally and he was not letting zach edie come into his house and win
1: John, I wanted to talk to you a little bit, and I I know he would have never confided in a reporter that was covering Seton Hall, like, boy, I am really hungry. I'm dying to get an opportunity on a bigger stage. But could you speak to that, his readiness for what he had to tackle here? Because he got the cupboard was left pretty bare, and he went out in short order and kind of got what he needed to, to set the stakes and ground for what Maryland basketball is going to be moving forward.
4: Yeah, I think his familiarity of roster building at Seton Hall really helped him build the roster at Maryland because he didn't have much time. He, he basically had to build a roster in about a month, and he did that by virtue of really analyzing the portal, by virtue of having a good staff. I mean, I, I got to tell you guys, Grant Billmeyer, who came with him from Seton Hall, is a really good assistant head coach who is someone that could be a head coach of a of a lower mid major in in short time. I mean, he he's that good of a staff member. The guy just works his tail off. You combine that with Tony Skin. Skin was at Ohio State. Um, really good.
0: Oh, John, we lose you there. The
4: oh. area. You got
0: me. Yeah, I think we got you back, John. Can you hear us? Yes, you okay, guys got it. Yeah, absolutely. You were telling us right. about Tony Skin.
4: Yeah, t- Tony Skin, and, and, and he was a really nice pickup because of the recruiting pedigree and because of the knowledge of the area. So he, he immediately got in some quality staff members, but in terms of what he has done.
0: All right, let's see if we can. a
4: three-star oh. kid and turning them into a four- or five-star. And I think that's something that's really important to note here. Like, Yes, they've got the number 13 recruiting class in America coming in next year. They, they've recruited really well. Of course, Maryland's going to recruit itself. I mean, it's got a great brand. If they've got the right leader in place, you're going to get talented players to college park. But I think for Willard, he he was able to – he had to recruit a certain way at Seton Hall. He, you weren't going to get the five-star kid. But that actually helped him turn this – quickly because he, he scoured the portal. He scoured the recruiting world because he's had to it was not as well on the radar at a season hall, a kid that maybe typically won't be one that he has to get at Maryland. But I don't think you'll ever see him lose that. He'll, he's going to get guys that fit him. Mm-hmm. That's why he was groomed for the Maryland job. Kevin Willard has built up something in himself. That has allowed him to be comfortable in his own skin. He doesn't have to try to be the Maryland head coach. He is the Maryland head coach. And he knows that who he is is good enough for that. And last night, it wasn't good enough. It was great enough. Yeah,
0: there's no doubt about it. Well it was, said, John. That was, that was strong. He's John Fanta from Fox Sports. He's with us here on GCR. John, and I feel like part of this that. John, like,
1: by the way, is John part of the uh, Soda Fanta? family. <laughs> Is there sure. any chance you're
4: inheriting any of the money from the Fanta folks? Yeah, If you could hook me up with that, let's yeah. talk offline. Yeah, we'll talk- you right. can get... I'll give you 25% Finder's because I know right. I mean nice. we'll be Now you're nice. talking. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll
0: be having a weekend. John, John part of the excitement of this and I and I can hear sort of it as as you're talking about it is that to take nothing away from what this team could still do this season. And by the way, like the the way the schedule shapes up the rest of the way, there's a chance for them to stockpile wins, maybe I don't want to project anything, but try to get a top seed in the Big 10 tournament, they've improved their seeding in the NCAA tournament. But the projectability is the part that I think is even more – like, if this is the foundation that Kevin Willard has laid for Maryland basketball, to your point, with a number 13 recruiting class coming in next year, there starts to be an excitement about what could come for Maryland. Could you see this in the next five years becoming a program that's ready to rise to the level of competing – for a Final Four, for, the, for the, obviously the place that Maryland basketball fans want to see this program return to?
4: Totally. Why not? Because, look, this is a top 10 to 15 job in college basketball, and it was shown last night. That home court atmosphere, guys, they're 14-1 and one at home this year. 14-1 and one in what was supposed to be a rebuilding year. In other words, they have one of the best home court advantages in college hoops. It's an old-school home court advantage. I mean, it felt vintage in there last night. The place was just – it was rocking. It was shaking. So when you combine that with the resources, with the area, I mean, I had never been on the campus until last night, just being candid with you guys. And uh, I have no affiliation with with Maryland, all right? I grew up in Ohio, and I went to – I I did my undergrad, actually, at Seton Hall up in New Jersey. I'm heading back to New Jersey right now as I talk to you. I can tell you guys right now, after being on that campus last night, walking out of Xfinity and driving back to the hotel, I sat there and said to myself, man, who wouldn't want to go over here? Mm -hmm. Pretty nice campus. Pretty good vibes. There's a lot to like about this. Weather's not bad. Like, uh, to me, they absolutely – can be a Final Four program, and they absolutely can make deep runs in the NCAA tournament. And really, that's—it's kind of the parallel that Willard's been on in his career because Willard has gotten to the tournament, he has not made the deep run. But part of that was because he was with a program that, frankly, at a certain point, it's just not the program that Maryland is. It's not. It's Seton Hall's is just not on that level. It's why Kevin left for a better opportunity. He left for the opportunity to create more opportunities to make deep runs into March. And obviously the pace tech helps. But I think that for for Maryland basketball, they're going to be able to recruit. They're going to bring in top 15 to 20 classes every year. They've got a, a fan base that cares. That matters. That matters. It means you're going to win a lot of home games. And they've got an administration that's totally aligned with upgrading things in basketballs, we're already seeing from a facility standpoint upon Willard getting hired. All of the pieces are in place for this program to be strong. And last night was that taste, that taste of the greatness that this program can achieve. And I gotta tell you, it made you say, man, I wanna be back in College Park the next time Maryland hosts a big game because this brings a feeling of euphoria.
1: John, really well said. I wanted to ask you to get back into this team this year. Earlier in the year, and I, I tell Glenn this all the time, I make no pretense when I talk basketball that I know the X's and O's all that well, but this team earlier in the year, I wouldn't have said that they were a fast or athletic team. Right now, combination of the buy-in and the innate athleticism of this team they look like one of the quickest teams I've seen,
4: uh, you know, on the map. Yeah, they really can get up and down. And last night they did. And that, here's the thing. They have to have some tempo to what they do because they're not great in the half court offensively. Right. They're not a shooting team. They, they don't shoot the basketball well. I mean, Maryland won this game over by 14 points over Purdue. They won this game handily, guys. They made eight shots the entire first half. <laughs> I
1: mean, That's pretty
4: they, amazing. They were yeah. not shooting the basketball well, and then they just took off. And, and here's the thing. they're Again, they're a team. They're defensively based. They do guard very well. They're undersized, but by being undersized, it makes them quicker yep. and more versatile. And I thought last night that was on display. They, they were faster than Purdue to the basketball, and they were tougher than Purdue. So those two things are never going to come into question. For Maryland, it's, okay, when a team sticks them in their half-court offense, can they make enough shots? Because if they get stuck in the half-court, they're not good enough to overcome that. But a team that sometimes doesn't have the most talent, if they make up for it for how hard they play defensively, then they're going to be able to create runouts. And that's what happened last night whether it be a dunk here, a, a Hakeem Har bucket there, Jameer Young making something in transition, or Julian Reese. just uh, At one point, Dante Scott had a nasty dish to reach downstairs for an easy lay-in. They need tempo to be great. They've gotten faster, and that's part of the way that when I talk about the player development, you're seeing guys get better at, in season. That's the sign of coaching. That's yeah. the sign. Of, of guys that are buying in. And I thought last night, not only was Maryland playing quicker, but fellas, I think you'd have to agree, whether it be Martinez or Emilian, like they, last night they had some depth to what they were doing too. They threw different guys in there that stepped up and who made some plays. So it's really important for this team. They cannot get stuck in the half court. They need to be able to generate tempo to win because they're not an outside shooting team
0: no doubt no doubt and by the way to your point a million was fantastic last night i mean that was the oh. best I mean, it was a, a major story in that game um it's at john underscore fanta on twitter i just retweeted his uh, dispatch from fo- for fox com last night uh from the maryland game so you can go check it out right there John, I, you know, to your point, it was an awful lot of fun. I hope there's about a billion more in the coming years, and I hope that means we get to have more conversations with you because you're making some more appearances in College Park over the course of the next couple of seasons. Appreciate you taking Great a couple stuff. of minutes for us this morning, sir. Thank you Happy to
4: join you guys anytime. Thanks for having me. John Fanta, Fox Sports,
0: with us here on GCR. Boy, you can tell he is uh, feeling something about
1: it. Hey, it was interesting to hear. You, you would have thought the enthusiasm. He's like, attended Maryland right? no, or something like no. that.
0: Look, I I do know that John was close with Kevin Willard, you know, like I do know that and I have no doubt that there's part of it that he feels good for Kevin Willard yeah. that he's experiencing this. But you know, I think for a lot of people you go experience a night like that, an atmosphere like that, and you say to yourself, Yeah, that's uh that's not bad. <laughs> that that's okay. It's real good. That's pretty, real good stuff. That's, that's stuff. pretty electric if you can go do that. Not a bad way to spend a Thursday evening. All right. Uh, today's show is brought to you. Oh, you know what? Stan brings this one to you. Stan, you had a busy sh- uh, night last night yourself.
1: That is correct. Yeah, you had a show. You were previewing the CIAA tournament. That's right. Yeah. I, we interviewed Jackie McWilliams, the commissioner of the uh, CIAA. Yes, And really? she was, again, absolutely dazzling. Uh, very entertaining interview. Uh, just a wonderful person. And really. Not just I'm saying this not because she's black. I'm not saying it because she's a woman. Incredibly capable person. I mean, she is really a superstar.
0: Jackie McWilliams, commissioner of the CIAA with Stan and Gary last night. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Previewing the CIAA tournament at the CFG Bank Arena. Newly Apparently not fully remodeled yet, but remodeled enough to be ready for the CIAA tournament, yep. and then will be fully remodeled in time for Bruce Springsteen coming up in April. Uh, coming up next, Ryan Ripkin is going to join us. He's a freaking media mogul at this point. We will talk to him about a bunch of stuff when uh, he joins us next. Stan the Fan is here. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
1: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age, and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always
6: Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today.
2: The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers, with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't
7: forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I, I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn.
0: Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us here for a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. lot to do on, not ju- we're not just going to talk about Maryland basketball, although it was a very exciting night, obviously. Hey, Towson got a nice win last night, too. Uh, much needed at home against yeah, Delaware. they needed that one badly. They went yeah.
3: 16 for 22 from three. That seems wow. like a good way. I I would, yeah, yeah, By the way, if
0: I'm not, look, a basketball expert, much like Stan, not an X's and O's guy, but I would call that more often. I would say that's a good play, 16 for 22. Do
1: Do the thing where you go
0: 16 or 22 from being I wonder if
1: Ryan has any eligibility left. For basketball? Yeah. That's
0: a great point, right? Obviously, we know he went and played baseball. We'll see. Ryan Ripken, of course, is with us this morning on GCR. Uh, He just announced he's going to be a part of the Baltimore Baseball Tonight Show on 105.7 The Fan. And he's also got his own podcast that he's launching. And he joins us here this morning. Ryan, you got uh, you know. Could you go help knock down some threes if necessary over at Towson? You got any eligibility available?
8: Uh, you know what? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good I think morning. Uh, I think I do have some eligibility, but you know what? It's taking me a little more time to try to find the shot. But uh, <laughs> man, I, I would love that opportunity, Wait, especially I mean- stand in the corner, hit some threes.
0: Right, exactly. That's exact That's the perfect role, right? Yeah. Like you don't have to run at all. You don't. They don't send you out. They don't send anybody chasing. You, you just wait for the ball to come your way and you knock it down.
8: Yeah, it's it's simple. You place place some help side defense when the time comes, and then uh, stay out of the play until you get the one opportunity. Then put it
1: up. Ryan, you much as much of a baller as your dad? Basketball? Uh,
8: yes, I, I'm actually. Since I retired, I've been. Uh, it felt like each week i've been increasing my basketball play and and i you know i try to play three to four times a week now um it it's really kind of in my dna and honestly uh, it's such a blast to play is so i uh it it's definitely i play in a league on sundays now too so i expect to increase my uh my basketball play as the uh the year goes on
0: who is the guy like during your career at gilman who is the guy that you got to go up against at some point that like is the most I I don't know, was the most amazing guy that you played against, something like that? Who was, or maybe it was, you know, somewhere else, in a travel league, something like that. Who's the guy that was the most incredible basketball player that you ever matched up against?
8: Well, you know was interesting? That my freshman year um, for basketball, we we played Calvert Hall, and and, uh, they had Big John Graham on the team. But then, I forget one of the other players, but then the third player was Damian Lee. Right. And... At the time, I was just sitting there, and like Damien was was a really good player, and like, man, you know I was curious, and I knew he was going I think the Drexel at the time, and then just to see the evolution, and then all of a sudden, I saw him pop up and transfer to Louisville, I believe, and then um you know kind of take off, so he, he was he was definitely one of them um I was a guy I played um I'm, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Went to St. Joe, but yeah, Damian Lee was the one that stuck out to me because I saw the evolution of him, even like freshman year for that te- that Calvert Hall team. I was like, man, like you know, th- he seems to have something else about him. Um, so it's cool to see him have success now, still in the NBA. Now
0: an NBA champion after yep. spending last year. Might end up being yep. two now that uh, Kevin Durant's in Phoenix. Who knows? Maybe he'll go back to back this hey. season. Um, Ryan, you have uh, fully – I remember we talked when you announced your retirement and you were kind of dipping your toes into this, like, media water. Um, you're going to take mm-hmm. all of our jobs here in the coming months. You are doing everything now. Tell me about getting involved with Baltimore baseball tonight. And it's interesting because I know you have, like, a passion for football and fantasy football and things like that. Do you have the same passion for watching baseball night in and night out and analyzing of, of
8: course, you know I think the reason why with the other sports, I think we might have talked about it before, was you know I was always going to be more pigeonholed to baseball, and it's and that's why I wanted to you know I'm I'm a huge football fan, you know avidly just like you were explaining. Everyone does, you know who, who doesn't love watching the game and and basketball. You know the history for me, you know honestly looking back, I um, you know always wondered if I just gone to play basketball in college just because of the the passion and love I have for it but baseball is in my DNA and I, I've, I've lived through it, uh, playing, uh, professionally myself. And then obviously, you know, with my family, it's, that's where it all began. And, uh, constantly being around the game, constantly having discussions and conversations and now being on the other side of it, um, it's, it's different. And, you know, I, 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 it's, it's fun. I get to look at the perspective of, from a player, but also from everything I've learned, and also being able to take a step back, which is something that's sometimes hard to do when you've been so entrenched in the game. So I, I look forward to it, and I'm excited that, uh, you know, with 105.7, I got the opportunity to, to to come on, be down at Pickles for home games, and, and, and it really should be a, uh, a lot of fun.
1: Ryan, everybody's going to ask you about what your dad taught you. I want to know, did Do you remember anything special that has resonated with you through your career and where you're at now that you learned from your grandfather? Because he is so beloved by the players that he taught coming up, the Boog Pals, the Jim Palmers. Uh, It's just a pretty amazing teacher, and I'm wondering if anything he said to you resonates with you today.
8: You know, it, it was unfortunate for me, uh, you know, that we lost him. And For me, I was at a young age. I was yeah. about five years old. And, um, you know, the, I think the cool thing that I've really it, it admired and, and enjoyed is through my experiences through life, whether or when I was younger, some of the things that my, my you know, my dad and I would be working on something and he'd kind of hesitate because he would say something. He would, you know. Tell me, you know, if we're going over stuff, advice. And he'd pause and be like, that's exactly the same thing senior told me. Mm-hmm. So that's where it initially started. And then I'd be on the road, uh, meet certain people, and I would get, you know, um, senior stories
1: mm-hmm. and
8: talking about what he did and, and, and what he embodied as a coach and, and how he handled himself. And I think as my journey along for a lot of different places that I played and, and, and traveling around, especially in the minor league circuit, where he spent a lot of time, you know, hearing all these great stories of, of certain places, um, you know, real, really to me that 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 was probably the coolest thing was just hearing how much he impacted, you know, others along his journey. That's cool. That is great really answer. cool.
0: Ryan Ripken is with us, 105.7 The Fan, and the Off Script podcast. He'll tell us more about that here in a second as well. Ryan, I'm going to give you this question because it's what you guys are going to be talking about, obviously, as the season gets underway. I've been giving it to all of the baseball folks that we've had The Orioles had this, you know, really amazing season a year ago, but what's the difference? Like, what is, how do they close the gap from being a fun team, a competitive team, to being a team that's ready to make that jump and make a run to the postseason and in the postseason?
8: Well, I think it's going to take a couple things. You know, number one, it's going to be now that expectations are added, you know how do you uh, handle those expectations? Because last year the team, let's just face it, no one expected what they did last year to happen, and it was an amazing run, an amazing season. But it was really playing with house money, and you and everything was exceeded. Now you're at this point where people are expecting more. People are expecting this team to now make even a more of a jump to being back to being a hopefully a consistent playoff contender. And then point number two is the success really is going to come from how much do the players last year that showed uh extreme promise and and down the stretch how do they if can they make another jump and then the guys from year one to year two um you know adley we know is is a fantastic player can he continue to do what we expect him to do and, and guys like gunner henderson or any other prospector or young player that comes up can they be able to Take that next leap to becoming consistent everyday big leaguers, and if they do that, because the team is very talented, and that's the exciting part. But as we know, growing pains when you're a young player is a real thing. So the combination of expectations and making a big leap is gonna really, um, really gonna be the reason if the Orioles are able to knock down the doors or burst through the doors and make the playoffs this year.
1: Ryan, our cover story on PressBox, this issue, is so far, so fast. It's Gunnar Henderson. What does it say about a player who made that meteoric arise? Is that a predictor of how great they can be? You know, I
8: think for for a predictor, I I think, I don't know if that's the word for it, but for me it shows the... You know that 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 is what that is what is possible, and I think what you're also seeing with Gunner specifically is you that his rise and his ability and his talent is someone that, you know, we know we everyone I like, keep going back because there's no knock with Adley. At least we know what 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 the Orioles got with Adley. Gunner has this superstar written all over him that can really just change how an entire franchise can be looked at. Yep. You know that's what he brings to the table here, and if you're able to combine those two players for a long time, and and I've been a real big advocate, I think Gunnar can win an MVP in the next five years. Now, is it going to happen? We'll have to see, but he's so young, he's so talented, and he adapts, and that that willingness and that ability that he brings is something that can truly elevate this team moving forward, and let's just face it, if he takes off with some of these other guys, it's going to attract even more players to want to come play in Baltimore.
1: And how does the – let me just jump in with a follow-up. How does the lack of the ability for defense to shift against him, how does that help him?
8: So it will be interesting. He's got such a great eye and, and is a he really is, to me, he's going to be a complete hitter. I know mm-hmm. he's done everything it seems like, but now it's getting consistent with the everyday major league level, right? That's the final step. Um, but it's going to be an advantage to him because he has power to all fields, can hit it anywhere. And I still remember in spring training in 2021, before he made that um, extreme rise to being, you know, the number one prospect, he in spring training hit, hit an opposite field home run that just cleared everything at Ed Smith. Hmm. And I mean just and, – and it was it was effortless. And that, that's honestly, if you go back and watch a lot of his highlights from 2021, a lot of home runs, It wasn't him pulling the ball all the time. It was him taking where the pitch was and driving it with with authority the other way. So the ability now to have that, and he's getting stronger in understanding how to handle um, more pitches inside, it's only going to make him a more complete hitter, and then you're not going to be able to really defend or shift him in any which way.
0: As Stan pointed out, by the way, this print issue is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. Ryan Ripken, is with us here on GCR. Ryan, who's the guy? So let's separate, obviously, the Adley Gunner, even Grayson Rodriguez, right? And then we know it's still going to be a few years before we're talking about Jackson Holiday. From what you know from being in this organization, who is the guy between there that you say, I still think this player is going to be a significant part of the story for the Orioles and you know trying to make that jump towards championship contention?
8: You know, I, I so right now I think uh, a guy that's, it's picking up steam as far as an actor. Colton Cowser I think is going to be with the team soon. I, I still have seen uh, Kyle Stowers and I and I've seen the ability, but the one that really is intriguing me is is mm-hmm. and mainly because I feel like people uh, wrote him off a little bit mm-hmm. just because of the only thing that happened for him was that he had a he, it was a it was a health concern. It had nothing to do with him having struggles uh, as a player. I know when people, when he came back and they're going, well, he's not playing as well, but you got to realize he hadn't played because of the condition and that's shaking off the rust. And then watching what he did in the fall league, watching how he's gained steam, you know, there's a reason why he was drafted so high because he is a, a, he's an unbelievable um, hitter and and talent. And so that's a guy I really want to keep my eye on, you know, moving forward. I think he could be, a piece especially for the offensive side because that's where people are talking about now how can the orioles offense continue to get better internally and i know that there's some bats on the way or other guys in the top 100 prospects um you know ortiz and westberg and um i believe it's it's norby was, yeah, Northern, was like the Northern, other yeah. group of guys that are right there you know and and again one of those three guys could hit but i don't think people forget that cursed dad was was drafted for a reason and um, I hope that his health stays the same because he can really swing it.
1: Have you rubbed elbows with uh, Kobe Mayo at all?
8: I have not. I've, I've okay. been following him, but I, I never really had a chance to meet him. Okay. Obviously yeah.
0: another bat that is well thought of within yeah. this system and yeah. someone who could end up proving So he, He's
8: another name I missed. And, and you know, and this is the beauty of it. I know this is off the top of it, but, all, you know, I just talked about Dad, but when you build up your farm system again, and now you have the, the, these options. And the reality is you don't know which one is, is going to work out the way you hope. But you have options, and they are all fantastic players, and that's going to give you even a better chance as you're trying to figure out the next step for the team, who is going to fit into the long-term plan. And all those guys that, that were just mentioned, including uh, you know, Mayo, th- those are guys that could, could really impact the team. It's just going to be time will tell where it fits.
1: You know what's an amazing thing to think about is somewhere in the next 2 years there's going to all of a sudden be a wild card from the international signings. Right, you right. know, they're going to sprinkle in and it's just going to make the the farm system even that much better. It's been impressive. Yeah, and then that's
8: things people got to realize that is that this is where I know people were looking at this whole offseason of being well, away the Orioles, you know, why didn't they spend more? When you have a great farm system, it's going to allow you to do a lot you are gonna have a lot more opportunities to make moves and acquisition and it's it just ultimately going to strengthen your roster build your depth so it's really exciting to see what the direction the team's moving
0: Ryan, i'll give you this last one on the orioles and this is you know now that you're doing talk radio you know how this works um you know there this this week the brandon hyde was asked about his future and there's sort of some unknown right now as exactly where his contract ends and there's a, a a hot debate about whether or not already the Orioles should be committed long-term to Brandon Hyde being the guy to continue leading this group versus, hey, you know, it's, it's nice what he's done, but maybe if you want to go win a World Series, you might need to get your real guy in here in order to go do that. Where are you with how much Brandon Hyde has earned based on what last season was as far and, as... And how he's handled the, sure, the whole all rebuild. Of it, yeah. All
8: of it, absolutely.
0: Have, having earned the right... To the, have this franchise be committed to him as the manager moving forward.
8: No, I agree. I mean, he—he's a, a thousand percent earned the right, and especially when you came into it, a when you came into you know your tenure here in Baltimore, it was you know not that you say every time you want to go out and win, but the, the reality was you knew that there was going to be some very tough seasons, and you were going to have to wear it and deal with it, and and. And that is draining, and also the reputation of the manager. It, it looks like it, it, it uh, embodies you, you know. And so, to see the the team have such a turnaround last year makes it that much better. And, and to your point, he's earned the right. And moving forward, I'd love to see him in Baltimore for for the foreseeable future. But here's the, here's the, the the talking point again. This isn't my necessarily my opinion at all. Here, this is just the reality is if the team this year doesn't continue to to make another leap or continue at a certain pace, the discussion, whether it's fair or not, is going to be, is he the guy moving forward? You know, I would say that he should be, especially as you're trying to figure out the pieces. But let's just say it was a disappointing season and the Orioles finished under 500. then you have to reevaluate what you're going to do. But to the credit, Brandon Hyde has done a tremendous job and I would love to see him be able to see out this, this rebuild process.
0: Tell me about the uh, off script pod. What are we? What are you doing? What are we expecting with it?
8: It's... Yeah. So the, you know, this was something we have working on for a while, and and honestly, you know, I wanted to try to bring it over um, a lot of you know people from a lot of different industries and platforms, and um, I will have a lot of athletes and a lot of some that are, would be local to the area, but also expanding out. And you know, I think the thing that that, that captures with me is that all of us are, whatever you go into, uh, sometimes people can feel like you can't relate. You or you're interested and you don't know how they got to where they are. But when you hear the conversations, you know, don't want to give away too much right now, but you can be talking about baseball, for instance, right? But if you listen to the words of how, they got, how uh, people go through their, their journey or how they're dealing with things on a day-to-day, if you go past the words of talking baseball, you'll realize – it, there's certain things that just resonated with me where I'm like, I deal with this on a day- to day. And here's someone at the highest level dealing with this on a day- to- day, but in a different um, in a different sport, in a different category, a different line of work, because I think sometimes we think that we can't relate to a lot of people on on how to get to where we want to go and um, so and also along the ways too, because who doesn't love a great story? I mean there are <laughs> there are some some very good stories um that that people have experienced i think a lot of people will enjoy
1: ryan have you gotten to the point in in planning this do you have a way to monetize this it always sounds so sexy that somebody's got a podcast but you're going to be putting pretty good bit of time into this thing Uh, you're not just going to sit down and blab for 30 minutes is there a way you can make some money out of this
8: I, I think, I think that's the eventual plan and goal. And I definitely have interest from, uh, from people that, that want to be involved, which is extremely exciting. And also the reason why I've taken longer with this is because I'm trying to be very technical. You know, I want to make sure that I have my ducks in a row. I can be consistent with giving out, uh, consistent content for it and making sure whoever I'm working with understands what vision I want it to be. So that's the, that is the, the ultimate goal. And, and it's and it's a work in progress. But, you know, like I said, I'm really excited because um, I think just I'm excited because I've been working on it for a while. And I'm excited about uh, what options could be for it for me in the future.
0: You can follow it on Twitter, the podcast on Twitter at Offscript underscore pod. Of course, Ryan's on Twitter at Ryan Ripkin. I contend you guys are lucky. A team was coming around in fantasy football. I know we got off to like an 0-6 start this season, but we were coming around, babe. If that season had been three weeks longer. You are
8: coming on hot in the Trevor Lawrence trade. Yeah, everybody (laughs)
0: made fun of me. Everybody said, what is this idiot doing trading DeAndre Hopkins for Trevor Lawrence? Tell me right now, you wouldn't want Trevor Lawrence as your fantasy football quarterback going into next season.
8: Tell me right now, you—you you know be what? Excited about he might, he might be, he he might be my target next year. I'm telling no you, no doubt about it. I,
0: I I had a vision. I just ran out of time. That's all it was. But you watch out next year. If I get my hands on him a little bit sooner, we're coming for you. Uh, Ryan, always appreciate it, brother. Looking forward to seeing you over at 105.7 as well, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Talk to right? you
1: soon, Ryan. Thank
8: you, guys. Have a great rest of your day, and then have a good weekend. Ryan Ripkin
0: with us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Hey, because we're talking baseball right now, um, I didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday, but Tim McCarver passed away um, yesterday. Just your thoughts about the the impact that tim mccarver had as a player but obviously even more significantly as a broadcaster
1: yeah, you know what was great about tim mccarver was he, he it wasn't just that he was an ex player a lot of a lot of ex players get by on just reputation that sure. they were a player uh, tim mccarver really informed and educated his audience about the nuances of baseball like nobody I had heard and I know Tony Kuback was good, mm-hmm. but Tim McCarver was also on somehow every night. He was on with the you know, he was on a uh, different network, he was on with the Mets for a while, he was on with the Cardinals for a while. He was he was just omnipresent, whereas Kubek was sort of on once a week, you know, sure. when he called the game. Right. Uh, yeah. McCarver was one of the first that really you saw just about every night of the baseball season.
0: Uh, and, and you felt his presence made something feel more important um, to me was the way, like when I was a young baseball fan, when Tim McCarver showed up, it was almost like the governor of baseball was it's showing. It's very
1: similar to Billy Packer in college basketball. Sure. They were, they were kind of, and it's interesting, they passed within a couple of weeks of one another.
0: No, no doubt. I, I absolutely had a feeling like that about those guys. Uh, yeah, sad news yesterday is Tim McCarver has passed away. Yeah. Um, Standards. Where uh, there was some stuff floating around. Corbin Burns is not happy with the Brewers because taking them to arbitration. There's no world in which this <laughs> could lead, right? There's no world in which maybe the Orioles check in and say,
1: huh, huh,
0: how unhappy are you? Maybe if we – uh, uh
1: well, we'll see how that plays out. You know, uh, it's one of the unfortunate parts of the arbitration procedure, uh, and it seems like such a re- – seriously – in the grand scheme of things, if, um, who's the guy who owns the team? The Cole, is it Cole KOHL? The Brewers?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: If he sold that team now, it's got to be worth $1.5 to $2 billion, no correct? No doubt. And you couldn't find, you couldn't have gone to him a week ago and said, hey, we're $750,000 apart. Apparent,
0: apparently, the owner is Mark Adonazio. Adonazio, right. yes. Adonazio.
1: Uh, you couldn't have gone to him to, a week ago or ten days ago and said, hey, Corbin, why don't we split the difference? You know? Well,
0: I'll I compare it to you. remember, like, once upon a time there was a clause that allowed – after Jeremy Guthrie had had a really good season, right. there was somehow the process worked. The Orioles were actually able to lower his salary the following year. And it's just such a – like how, how do you overcome yeah. that? Yeah, like it's, how do you? It's not a good look. How, the, you you can you can say well
1: that's the that, they they this right. that's the way that this works. Right. I we forget have to... what that was, but yeah, it was very interesting. But like yeah. if you're and especially with him at that time, he was a guy you thought that they might extend out right. a little bit, and they're quibbling over a hundred thousand. He was their
0: good like, player. Like he was the one they He's had like, at the time. He was their ace, <laughs> correct? Yeah. And and it just no matter what you say. This is
1: this is your good. Pl- this is the guy. This is the guy you want to have be happy. Yeah. You know, this is the point where Craig Counsel and whoever his pitching coach there is, they gotta, they're gonna be dealing with him for at least half the season. Uh, and if and, and if he pitches well, you know, you know, getting pissed off at the team, and then getting in the tank because of it right. is the worst possible thing you can have. Yes, because it's not going to help your value. Team, right. You would think the team would have seen that ahead of time and cut it off by going, hey, let's split the difference here. We're 750,000. Sure. And you don't have to hear the negative things that they're saying about you. Uh, but Corbin Burns, I think he's a professional. He'll go out. He'll still give his all because his all now – is not necessarily for his teammates and his team and the city of Milwaukee. His all now is for him right. to be able to get his just Put two, himself
0: in the best you know? position he can. Um, uh, two other things really quickly. Kind of like
1: the Lamar Jackson theory. Huh. You know? We'll talk
0: about that more here in a minute. Um, the Shohei Otani thing. There's a lot of bluster about this at this point. Like, Are you as convinced that he's, he's going to end up somewhere else next season.
1: I think uh, a lot of that's going to have to do with how the Angels play this year. Sure. If Rendon and Trout are having are healthy and having good years in some of the moves that Perry Manasian made, both in the pitching department, uh, bullpen department, um, uh, he's, he, they're, they're an interesting organization. Artie Moreno knows what he has, and the fact that he chose not to sell the team – that makes me think that he's committed for at least the next two to five years, and he knows that part of that commitment is going to be paying so a, high a, the a, time. an
0: absurd amount of money, yeah. obviously. And then the last one, because I brought it up with uh, Ryan Ripkin, obviously there was this this kind of unknown about exactly what the contract status is for both Brandon Hyde and Mike Elias. Yeah. Do you think anything happens there, or to Ryan Ripkin's point, like they wait for this season to play out? Before they do anything, particularly, like I think everybody is of the belief that Mike Elias is going to be here for a very yeah. long time, but yeah. particularly with Brandon Hyde, that they let this season play out before they make that type of determination.
1: I, I think it plays out to, to the All Star break, you know, and I think if they're, to, to Ryan's point, um, I think if they're playing well at the All Star break and are within, say, eight to ten games of first place, and it looks like it's going to be a season where they can finish over 500, Mm -hmm. I would expect – don't look for Brandon Hyde to get a five- or six-year contract. I would say the next move of the club is like a two-year extension with an option on the third or something like that. I I get it. That's what I'm looking at. I get it. Elias, I think, is going to be here as long as he wants
3: to be. And uh, Manny Machado just confirmed that he's opting out at the end of this season. Ah. Is there – any chance uh, yeah. of I mean, a reunion? Could, uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm going
0: bet against it, but I'm mm-hmm. not opposed to it by any stretch of the imagination. I I think he's the crazy part is what Manny Machado is opting out of a 10-year, 300 million dollar yeah. deal, and like I think I saw the quote this morning was something like because there's crazy money out there right now. <laughs> like uh, sure, sure. Now there's crazy money out there, <laughs> but you had it was definitely not crazy Man, how money. Much ri-
1: how much at that point? How much richer can you be? That there isn't something to be said for, sh- you know, showing some loyalty. I,
0: well, yeah. I mean, he would say, "Look, you built this in. You built this yeah. into the contract yeah. you gave me. Yeah. Like this is this is all part of it. That's the way that it works." And by the I mean, maybe, a
1: week, ten days ago, I just read on MLB trade rumors that the club wants to extend him. Well, you and know, if you're I'm, the
0: Padres and you've shown the willingness to spend yeah. absurd amounts Crazy of money, money, right? Like, why?
1: They are the epicenter of crazy money.
0: And it might be that that's all he's thinking about is, look, I don't want to go in. I'm not trying to get right. out of here. I
1: just want to have leverage.
0: Right. Like, that's the where we are. Yeah. And if you're the Padres, you say, yeah, sure. come, You, you got it, Chief. We'll go ahead and go, go yeah. do that because they are quite willing to spend money that way. All right. We have wrapped up our number one here on GCR. Don't forget that there are great offers available for you at pressboxonline.com slash offers. Whatever you're looking to do betting-wise, pressboxonline.com slash offers is the place to go because you might have signed up for, like, one of the sports books here in the state of Maryland, but you haven't signed up for all of them, and there are so many great free bet offers, free money offers, things like that. You want to make sure you take advantage of all of them. Don't leave money on the the table. Again, pressboxonline.com/slash/offers. Griffin, don't forget to mute your mic when you call a guest. Thank you, pal. I appreciate it. Uh, and also, as we pointed out, the, not only is the print issue of Press Box available right now, Stan, but um, I am I am excited. You've got when is when will baseball power rankings be coming back for you?
1: Oh, really? Yeah, they're, I was I was planning on you doing going, that again they're this year. They're I, coming up close. I was thinking that um, might be. It. I'll probably have my final kind of mock. Like around the 15th or two, right when I get back from spring training. Okay. And then they'll start uh, like they always do at the very beginning of the season.
0: Excellent. Looking forward to that. When, when are you headed down to spring training?
1: March the 7th. March 7th. To Stan the, the Fan.
0: You can already taste your first hot dog, can't you? Oh, God. Yeah, God. right? That's that. It's really actually the only reason Stan goes. Yeah.
1: There's not good do- hot dogs up there.
0: Right. He doesn't really even watch much of the baseball. He, he ducks in. He has the hot dog, and he says, I'll, I'll see. I'm going to go sit on the beach. I forward
1: at Bradenton. Bradenton has a good hot dog. That's the
0: best hot dog is in Bradenton? It's a good hot dog. What do they do with the, what is it? I don't know. What Uh, makes the best hot dog?
1: It's just, uh, they burn them a little more on the grill. That's what
0: you need, It's just a little little bit more char. I like that. I like that. that. Joining us now, PressBox Ravens beat writer, Bo Smolka, back with us here on a Friday edition of GCR. Bo, it's Glenn and Stan. Good to chat with you as always, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us.
9: You bet. How are you?
0: We're well, all right, but let me start before we get into any of the other bluster for the from the week, but let's just start with the fact the Ravens have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. Your reaction to the fit and why you think it was that ultimately Todd Munkin ended up being the guy for the Ravens and what was very much an exhaustive search for a coordinator.
9: Oh, it was, right? They they I mean John Harbaugh said in the statement that he had, I believe it was fourteen people. They interviewed over twenty one interviews. So they look long and hard um and what I think in the end, I think they liked his n f l experience and the combination of what he's been able to do at Georgia. I think they like the fact that he has um a pass game background, but he's also been effective when with with a heavier packages running the ball, and that's been the personnel he's had so I think what John Harbaugh saw in him was was. He can be successful in a variety of ways and he will add to the passing element of this offense, which quite frankly, won't be hard to do.
0: Sure. right? That bar is somewhat low. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but um, a lot's been made that perhaps Todd Munkin of anyone, and maybe in particular, if you throw out an Eric B enemy, you throw out some of these other guys that maybe he would have been the guy that would have been more inclined to, take a Ravens offensive coordinator job without knowing who his quarterback was going to be given that he was coming from the college level what do you make of you know all of this conjecture that we've heard about maybe the Ravens not promising candidates that Lamar Jackson will definitely be here this season
4: I
9: I don't know that they can and I don't know I think that had to be a hurdle in the search process I mean let's face it if you're going to hire if you're going to look for any job it's, it's hard to even come up with an equivalent, but you want to know the parameters to which you're walking into. And especially in that job with that position. So I, you know, of course, every coordinator candidate is going to ask about that. And I don't know that they could realistically at tell him, yeah, Lamar Jackson definitively going to be here or not. Um, John Harbaugh had said, this is one of the greatest jobs in the world to be the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. I, I don't know about, it. there's a lot of jobs in the world, but I do think you have a chance to of be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. And if that's what he's looking to get back into, that's terrific. You know you're coming to an organization that, number one, has a really, really strong defense and a really good pedigree and is going to consistently compete every year. And I think Todd Monken's a guy who believes in himself and believes that give me give me personnel and I'll make it work. And I think that's another thing that probably appealed to John Harbaugh. He's won in a as I said, he's succeeded in a variety of different ways with uh, – different kinds of personnel so it's hard to pigeonhole in quite frankly like people do with Greg Roman and say he's going to be a run 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 guy which he is and always was and always will be um I think in Moncton he sees someone that's a little more versatile and 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 Todd Moncton walks into an organization that he knows look this team has been competitive before Lamar Jackson it will be competitive after Lamar Jackson and that's just the way the organization is built
0: Bo, how could that be the best job in the world when you've got the it's press box Ravens beat writer, right? Like that's the, the isn't that the best that's singular the second, best that's job the second best in the world?
9: Yeah. That, that's a fair point. That's a <laughs> fair point. I should have said something from right then.
1: <laughs> hey, Bo, uh, speaking of money, uh, what's the difference between what Todd Mungan was making at Georgia? You know, in, roughly. I mean, is he making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars more at the NFL level? Or
9: is it? You know, you know. I, I don't know that, but I, I'm sure that I, I I don't know that to, to be blunt with you. Right. Um, I'm sure he's being paid way, being was being paid well at Georgia. I didn't even notice I, what I that was. I think I saw
0: it was over two million dollars at Georgia.
1: Which I is mean, that's insane. the offense. These right. high.
0: These I'm telling you, these coordinators at the top colleges now
9: it is no joke. It's that nuts. money is
1: flying. though maybe you um, should maybe you should look into that. Yeah, right. Maybe that's
8: might, the second best be job sli- in the world. Be slightly better. <laughs>
1: Hey, hey, Bo, talk a little bit about uh, what the Ravens accomplished uh, yesterday or the day before in uh, re-upping Brent Urban and Daryl Worley.
9: Well, you know, they've got – they have, I don't know, 15 – off the top of my head, I can't remember now – unrestricted free agents coming up. and And I know everyone's focused on Lamar Jackson and Marcus Peters and the big names, but in the end, they do always try to kind of bring back the – under the radar guys that are—I guess you could call them—glue guys for
3: mm-hmm.
9: the team. That that you know they're not expensive, but they're versatile. Brent Urban's a guy, right? He, he's up up front in the defensive line. He will fill in. I mean, let's face it, that defensive line was was quite good last year, and now they've got pretty much everybody back. Now that Calais Campbell has said he's coming back, um, but Brent Urban's the guy that fills in for them. He, he, he's a role player, but I think they like what they saw with him. He's not going to be expensive, and it's a and and. He, he's a guy they like to bring back. Same with Daryl Worley, who, let's face it, Daryl Worley, I don't think 10, 10 Ravens fans would recognize him if they walked yeah. into the store and saw him. But, um, again, he's a, he's a guy that's been a valuable special teamer for him. He can play, he play can play cornerback when they need him to. He did it a couple games when they were shorthanded. Um, won't be expensive. But, and, again, they, they tend to like their own. I mean, I, I, Eric DaCosta tends to like their own. They're not going to bring everybody back. They probably won't bring men Powers back because he's going to be a lot more expensive than they have money to pay. But these are these are lower cost guys that are fairly known quantities and they and they, they fill roles that you need to have filled. I mean, it's not going to work to just you can't just win with six players. You need 53 players. And so these are the guys that help fill it out.
0: Bo Smolka, PressBox Ravens beat writer with us here on GCR. By the way, it was $2.01 million. He was the highest-paid coordinator in all of college football last season, Todd Munkin. You assume he didn't take a pay cut to come to Baltimore. You assume that's the case. Um, But I I get that it's not this simplistic. I understand that, right? Because, you know, you you still have to be able to get a a deal done. But I had this feeling, and I wrote about it at PressBox in watching the Super Bowl where I just said, I can't believe – that there would be a thought process as you watch Patrick Mahomes do what he does while he doesn't even have wide receivers that, well, hey, you could just go get Derek Carr and still have a chance, right? Like you could just go insert quarterback here and have an opportunity. I, I can't believe that that opinion exists while you watch what it is that it takes right now in order to dethrone the top teams in the AFC. So I'm presenting this understanding. It's not as simplistic as, great, that's why tomorrow Lamar Jackson's going to sign. But the difficulty right now in looking around at a league with not just Patrick Mahomes at the top, but Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert all waiting in the wings, can a team in the AFC break through if they have to take a step back at the quarterback position
9: right now? I think it's... Uh, it would be hard. I mean, I think this is one of the. <clears throat> I don't know. I'd have to go back and think back to when, to years past. But it is a. It, it it's impressive that top of the AFC is really really tough to crack into. I mean, it is, and and I know the Ravens can get. We we've said before their defense is is probably as good as any over the last half of the year when they added Roquan Smith and their defense can get them there. But I agree with you. You watch. You watch. I, I said this at, at watching the Bengals play. When you watch the Bengals play. With Joe Burrow and Higgins and Chase and Boyd, it it looked like a different sport than what the Ravens were playing. It just did, and I think you need to have you need to have the offensive capability to win. Uh, and can you win with the can you take a step back at quarterback and win? Can they can they trade Lamar Jackson and plug him in with Ryan Tannehill for a year and and say we'll we're going to add receivers? I don't know. I, I just look at the firepower of these of these offensive teams at the top of the AFC and you need to be able to run with them. I mean, and you have to be able to throw with them, but it's, it's, it's impressive up there at the top and the Ravens know it's there. I mean, they see the Bengals twice a year, so they know what they need to do. And I, you know, whether they Lamar Jackson will be there to do it. I don't know. Um, but I do think they know what they, what it, it's no secret, what it takes.
0: Uh, there's, I mean, it's just, it's insane, dude. The Patrick Mahomes is a, I don't even know how to describe what he's accomplished at this point. It's, it really is maybe the most amazing thing I've ever seen considering how little he has at the wide receiver position.
9: I mean, that's the argument you can say, well, the Ravens didn't give Lamar Jackson anything to work with. And there were years Tom Brady did have a whole lot to work with at wide receiver. I mean, in the end, they, the, 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 those guys just create and they've got good systems that work at the time and, and they make it happen. Um, so yeah, what, what, I mean, what it, Look at the Bengals receivers versus the Chiefs receivers, and it's quite striking. But um, to all, all credit to Mahomes and Andy Reid for and, and Eric the Enemy and all of them for making that work.
1: Bo, do you get any sense at all that there are <clears throat> there are some type of ongoing conversations, or was that just window dressing at the season-ending presser that uh, John Harbaugh suddenly awoke out of his sort of feisty. Sort of acerbic comments about Lamar to say, "Oh, love Lamar. He's our quarterback moving forward, absolutely." And Eric says, "Think I have a great relationship? Is it just window dressing, or is this ice cold right now?"
9: I ice cold. I don't know, but I mean, I I've been skeptical from the start yep. that anything would get done. Yeah, I mean they've they've had two years to get it done, and it hasn't. And now. I, they were suddenly convinced it would get done in five weeks, and I, I just don't—I don't know how—I don't know how that was going to happen. One side or the other was going to have to make a significant move in one way or the other to meet at some line, and and it doesn't appear that it doesn't appear from anything I've heard that it's that close to happening.
1: Bo, so, let, me, let me let me just jump ahead one step. If the Ravens did want to trade Lamar Jackson. Uh, And I I take this not from my own head, but I heard Patrick Kerwin the other day, Pat Kerwin on the NFL Network, say it is the most complicated situation because what team understanding that they then have to take over negotiating with the player that's on the franchise tag. The the idea that the Ravens are suddenly going to get a haul for him is really complicated by how difficult it will be to sign him.
9: Well, I, I yeah, they'd ha- I think you'd have to have a sense. I think the team looking for him would have to have a sense from that team's ownership that yeah, we'll 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 pay him a guaranteed contract. If if a team were to say, we're all in on Lamar Jackson, we'll pay that guaranteed contract. We'll give him the say, two hundred fifty million guaranteed. We'll, we'll do that. Well, now the general manager can 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 discuss it because he knows he's got the owners going to do it. Right. It sounds as if everything we know is that. Um, the 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 guaranteed money is 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 a big holdup. Steve Bisciotti is not on board with it, and Lamar Jackson is, and there you have your problem. Um, and but I think if an owner, you know, if an owner were, were to give his general manager assurances that he's willing to do it, I think from that point of view, it would get easier for that team knowing the owner yeah. what the owner wants to do. Uh, I I still think it's uh, to me it's fascinating in the sense that if you were to, to want to trade him people jumped all over me for saying that Lamar Jackson's value, I thought had been diminished over the past. I mean, I think he he's missed significant time in each of the last two years. And people were saying, well, you can see how valuable he is. They can't win without him. That's, that's a fair point, but you also can't win if he's not playing. And, and I think his his unavailability would absolutely come up in any discussions. Um, And people say, well, those were both fluke injuries and that's fair, but, they were both fluke injuries that, ha, that each happened for an extended period of time in each season. And if you want to say they're fluke injuries and, the, and any general manager is going to try to drive down the price of Lamar Jackson, he's, he's irresponsible if he doesn't. So of course his injury history is going to come up. Uh, so there is, there's a lot in play, but in the end what they would have to do is know through back channels or whatever, that there is an owner out there who is fully on board with paying a fully guaranteed deal. And then they can, then that team, that team's general manager, can approach it with knowing that. And then the, they, they know the negotiations from that end won't be as difficult as it might be otherwise.
0: Bo, it sounds like you're suggesting there might be an amount of tampering in football, and we know damn well that never happens. There's never in the history of football been any amount of that. That's shameful. Shameful for you to suggest such a thing. We know that never occurs in this sport. Um, uh, we assume that we're going to start getting some sort of answer by March 7th because that is the deadline to put a franchise tag on a player. So at least whatever the next step is in the process, we might know about by that point. At B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, PressBoxOnline.com to see all the stuff. Bo Smolka, appreciate you, pal. We will be in touch here in the next couple of weeks as we move towards that March 7th deadline, all right? All right, you bet. Thank you. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, with us here on GCR. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler 24 7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Did you have any opinion strongly, one way or the other, about Todd Munkin
1: as offensive coordinator? Boy, uh, when I just heard what he made at Georgia, in my opinion, went up a great deal. I mean, he was two million, the highest I paid was thinking of- he made like 750 to a million. Two, million, $2 million dollars. is That means he must be getting 225 or two Or 24 or something. Yeah. I would think that like you would
0: have to get a. And by the way, I mean, if that's a commitment. That's definitely a commitment if you think he's the guy to pay him that type of money. Or there's someone who would say that he just might have been hellbent on getting back to the NFL to sort of prove that yeah. you know what had happened in Cleveland or Tampa was
1: was not his story. So, you know, I don't know exactly what an offensive coordinator and a head coach do during the offseason, but would you guess that they are going to be working on plan A, Lamar Jackson's here, but by the same token spend a little bit of time on yeah i mean they'd have
0: to they'd have to i mean they'd yeah. they'd have to i mean you got to be working on something right yeah. now you can't just be sitting around with your you know twiddling your thumbs. especially if you're making 2.4 2.5 you can't just be doing nothing
1: um we're a, at the level, we're at the pay grade right, where you correct. can do yeah,
0: nothing. Exactly right. We're good. That, that's In fact, I asked Stan what he was doing this weekend and he Love said, have you, seen my, have you seen my checks? <laughs> nothing. That's what I'm doing this weekend. It was good to see you at the Loyola game last week, though. What a yeah. day that ended up yeah, being. It was a nice show. It was, was a an surprising un- un- game. Un- unbelievable day. Um, and Maryland's goalie's out the whole yeah, year. yeah out for the year. I did I, I didn't I don't think I even followed up on that because the two days later somebody said, "Well, do you think Maryland's gonna be okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, as long as they have Logan McNaney back, they'll be fine." Well, the answer is they're not gonna have Logan McNaney Bruce back.
1: Bruce Posner tells me though that uh, Tillman has like one of the best goalie freshmen in uh, the Teddy country, is, is, and they have a fifth year senior from Binghamton. Is that was where- it? Uh, I believe that's Teddy
0: Dolan that we're talking about. Yeah. Yes. And I, it, Teddy Dolan's going to start now yeah. in goal. And, yes, he is the transfer from Binghamton Right, is where well, he so comes Tillman from. And he'll was, take over. Tillman
1: doesn't miss a
0: beat, man. They're, well, they're, and again, they're just not as I, good as they were. When I say, will they be fine? Yeah, I still think yeah, even I without think Logan good. McNaney, they'll be fine. I think with Logan McNaney, they still could have won the national championship right. this year. I, like I genuinely believe in a year where there's not necessarily a dominant – sure-fire team to beat that with a healthy Logan McNaney, their offense was going to get there. Like Owen Murphy, they were going to be fine offensively. Without Logan McNaney, either this dude's got to be so ridiculously good to make up right. for it. Look, Luke Weirman's still going to dominate at the face-off all season long, but they dominated last week, and that still wasn't enough to win.
1: It was interesting. One week ago today, mm-hmm. we were talking to uh, Quint Kesenik, Right. and I asked him what the secret sauce was, mm-hmm. and he basically says it's that his team, John Tillman's team, always shows up and plays at a, at a really high level. Mm-hmm. You know, the efforts there. Was it... Loyalist defense, or was it that part partly that Maryland wasn't all there because there were so many unforced errors that were so uncommon to the Maryland teams I for the thought, past few I, years?
0: I thought, from my vantage point, from you know my analyst vantage well, point, doing the play-by-play, play. that's like, a pretty good vantage point. It felt like Matt Hughes, Cam Wires, Peyton Rizanka just absolutely wore them down, mm-hmm. and then they were taking good shots. The kid that plays goalie for Loyola, Luke Stout, was he had a great game. Was a monster. Yeah. 19 saves was just unbelievable. And I think that what you saw maybe in the second half of them getting frustrated had as much to do with that as it did them I don't think they didn't show up. I think they showed up and they haven't faced a lot of adversity. All right. Like this is something that I talked about with John Tillman. This is not a team They barely trailed all season last Mm -hmm. year. It's not just that they didn't lose. They barely... It was like for for less than 3% of the season, they spent time trailing. During They didn't play close games. They scored double-digit goals every game last season except for the championship game. And the championship game only got close at the end when Cornell was making a run after Maryland lost their legs. I just don't think they had been punched in the mouth. I don't Mm -hmm. think that they were prepared for what what happened what, what bash
1: came out and
0: and I and I talked to John Tillman after the game and John said he very much believed if they had just been able to take a lead like that Loyola kept them at bay never allowed them to get in front yeah and that they kind of panicked when they were never able to get back in front yeah all of this to because say, because
1: it's so uncommon to have the advantage at the face-off. They won eighteen uh, to twenty-two face-offs. Eighteen of twenty-two, and, and still and lost. And they lost the game by five by goals. Five goals.
0: It's yeah. nuts. That's uh, it's nuts. That doesn't That's happen. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but that defensive effort from Loyola was unbelievable, and they were very efficient. They shot well. They just didn't shoot a lot on the other side. I think that Maryland will still very much be right in the mix to make a run to the final four, even without Logan McNany. I think it will be tough unless Teddy Dolan is just that right. good for them to try to figure out a way to win a national championship without them. They get Syracuse this weekend. So An improved Syracuse team. A, a vastly improved Syracuse team with one of the uh, the young stars of the sport, uh, Spilano. That'll be a very good game. And, of course, Loyola gets Hopkins. Speaking of lacrosse, Ryan Brown's going to join us in just a minute. Uh, a, a Hopkins legend who has decided to retire from his very successful pro career. Uh, This came in from Dan. Dan said, um, uh, can you ask Stan how he feels about the Orioles going into this season with still not, I'm not, Dan, I gotta be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure what you're asking, I'm sorry, with, oh, okay, I get what he's saying with still not having signed anyone long-term. We've kind of talked about this a couple of, tar- uh, of times. I don't think he means the outside players. I think he's talking about... He means about like
1: Moundcastle didn't get an extension. Right. Like, I think from the Orioles' perspective, they they don't feel that Hayes or Moundcastle is deserving of an, any type about, of extension. What about Mullins? I don't think they feel that they want to be pegged in there. I think they wanted to give another year to see where Kowser is. You know, and I think in the case of Hayes, they want to know where Stowers is. And in the case of Mountcastle, I think they want to see where Mountcastle is. Correct. I agree with that. Uh, And I I think for them, they weren't in the – they're not in the game yet of extending and buying out the arbitration numbers. They're going to sort of let it go. Uh, And uh, they have the right to do that, just like players at a certain uh, level have the ability to go to arbitration. Those guys aren't there yet, and the Orioles look like they don't intend to play that game right now. What
0: did you think of baseball deciding to commit
1: to the extra inning rule? Uh, now, is it in the postseason? No. Okay. I, I like the, that they've committed to it. I, I think in the postseason, I like that it goes back to you have to win the game the old-fashioned way. I found myself – when I first heard this rule five years ago proposed, I said this is the dumbest thing I ever heard of. It brings about extra inning baseball sometimes. Stinks with relief pitchers to what? It stinks. It, it just it, there's not a lot of life to it. It's you know if you're
0: sitting around and waiting for somebody to hit a home run. Right. They're all swinging from their heels. Right. They are all right. like I know that all of baseball has become you know all or nothing, but in extra innings in the final years before they change the rule. It was some of the most unwatchable baseball that you could have ever. It was droning, just draining. It was going on all night. You were just, everybody was coming to the plate, trying to swing to end the game, and nothing else was happening.
1: It was awful. The only thing good about it was when you were younger, uh, you'd, you'd walk in at like 11, 30, 12 o'clock, and you'd... And there'd be a baseball game. There'd be a baseball game. you go, right. wow, they're in the 14th right. inning, and you go... Let me and you'd watch him play like another
0: nine inning game. Everybody famously remembers yeah. in two thousand twelve the game in Seattle that went on until like four in the morning right. that we all not all of us, but many of us stayed up to watch and
1: I was doing my my version of a you know, it wasn't a podcast, but I was going on after games back then yeah. on Facebook Live. Did, did you pass it, I on did, that one? Did you stayed all night?
4: All night. Um, and it was fun. It was, it was in the five-minute inf- show. Right yeah,
1: right.
0: It was in the infancy of Twitter, so we were all kind of – it was yeah. like staying up together and watching a bit. Yep. It was a fun night as the Orioles were transitioning into being a good baseball team. I We all have that memory, but that's it. No, Every he, Wilkerson. Come on. Thank you. Everything else stunk. Everything <laughs> else about extra baseball stunk. I, stand. I was the same way. When they announced it, I thought it was cockamamie. I thought it was insane. Yeah.
1: It did not take me long. You brought back more it, thinking. It's baseball. You
0: know. Yeah. There's actual baseball being played in these circumstances. And you know what
1: I love? I love when a team scores a run because a run's so easy to score. Right. That you go, you know what? We can score a run. And a lot of times I see a team score one or two runs in the top of the inning, and you go, oh, that's over. Yep. And then they get the first run back so easily and if they get the first run back on a base hit right away, yeah. Now they have something. Now they cooking. got something right.
0: going. Exactly you know? right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. It's I to me, it's extro- It's the best thing that baseball's done yeah. in recent years. Yeah, it is. To, I have to agree. Created real excitement, and I do. In look, I would not be angry if they brought it to the postseason. I, I would not be I'm, angry now I, either, I, but inclined, I like the fact yes, that it just. I'm inclined to agree with you for the postseason. Keep it. And, and maybe at some Keep point kosher. they say for, like, the first weekend they adapt the, because they're trying to wrap up that first weekend right. so quickly that right. a 17-inning game would really do damage the ability to have quality baseball for three days. So at some point if they say for that first weekend we're going to implement the regular season rule, but after that you, we leave it alone?
1: You bring up a good point. It, it's not out of the realm of possibility in two or three years that they adapt it for the full postseason because of the potential – for getting pitchers having to pitch too long. Oh, I, I think yeah. at some
0: point they're, they're just yeah. going to say, we don't ever want there to be another 17-inning baseball right. game. We're right. just – nothing good is coming right. from that, from there being a 17-inning game in the future. But I think for now i still probably sign up with you and yeah. say, yeah, leave it alone. All right, Ryan Brown's going to join us when we come back in. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
1: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age, and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always
6: it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms make the most out of every day in your toyota rav4 available in hybrid or gas only models a rav4 can get you where you want to go in style check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new rav4s from your local toyota dealer
2: today with the baltimore county police department find out more at join or call 410-887-5542 must be a united states citizen have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or ged equivalent if you miss anything
7: on the show don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash press online and you can download podcasts on apple itunes amazon and grinder wait did i say grinder I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything. I I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn.
0: Griffin, did we play uh, the same commercial break twice there? I'm pretty sure we uh, just, uh, we got to look into that to make sure that we don't need to make that up because I'm pretty sure that was the same rejoiner that just I heard a second time today. Yeah. So we will uh, maybe have to take two more commercial breaks before today is over. All good. We will figure that out. Uh, Hey, today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Their next hiring event is coming up on February 25th. February 25th is the date for the next hiring event. It is at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson. You can do your written test. You can do your agility test. You can go through the entire application process right there on site. Baltimore County Police Department is hiring Entry-level officers starting at over $60,000 a year. Lateral officers at over $64,000 a year, with entry-level and lateral officers having the option for a $10,000 signing bonus. And if you know someone who's trying to kick start, like, you know, they're struggling, maybe somebody got out of high school that just hasn't found any direction in life, police cadets right now, salary starts at $32,611. Find out more. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com or by calling
1: 410-887-5542. Are there any age restrictions?
0: Uh, I if you can pass the agility test, I think you're still in. How you feeling about uh, running a, a mile and a half in 13 minutes right now? I could do that. You think you got that I in? Could you? Do that. What about yeah. the uh, the ups and the sit-ups? How you feeling about that I'm part of it? Not feeling that? real good. All right. About well, those. I tell you what. We'll go to because as I keep saying, if I can pass the agility test, and I did with flying colors on my first try then I believe that you can pass the agility test as well, my friend. Okay. I have faith in you, Stan the Fan. Okay. We'll start training tomorrow. You're going to have to cut out those donuts. You might have to I'm be sorry. next week. All right, next you week we'll start week. training. Yeah. Then. <laughs> hey, um, we're going to talk some lacrosse this morning. I mentioned uh, I've got the Loyola Hopkins tomorrow for ESPN+. Plus, and I know which team this man is going to be rooting for in that game. Actually, it'd be cool if he could make it out. I don't know where he is in the world. Uh, he just announced his retirement from a pro career. It's still a very young age, a legend.
1: Maybe he could be your color analyst.
0: Well, I'm not going to fire Gunkel. I love that guy. But, you know, if he wants to do a three-man booth, I'm well, I'm willing to make that happen. Um, this man had a hell of a career, not only in the PLL, but also was a world champion back in 2018. He also, of course, was a legend at Johns Hopkins and Calvert Hall before that. He is Ryan Brown, and he's with us now here on GCR. Ryan, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore Great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Congratulations on a hella of a run in your pro career.
10: Thank you, guys. I appreciate the kind words. Thanks for having me on,
0: dude. I, I like the first thing that jumps out at me is why, right? Like you're 28 years old, you, you're winning championships, you're playing, you know, you're one of the great shooters on lacrosse. Why step away now?
10: Um, so it was it came down to it, it was kind of a decision with uh me and my wife. Um, I took some injuries at the end of the season last year, um, a couple concussions. So that wasn't the full reason of, of retiring, but you know, I felt I was at a place that's getting married and, and I live down in Dallas, Texas now. And with the travel and the weekends and, and trying to start a family um, and winning, of course, it felt like it was a, a good stepping off point for me, um, you know, Especially, you see these days, you know, Tom Brady trying to come back after he wins and then things don't go as planned. Um, I think it's always kind of important to have people remember you as you are, not as you were. Um, so being able to go out on top, I think, was was a big deal.
0: All right. I can respect that. That's really cool. So, I mean, like, what's next then? Like, I, I feel like it doesn't just go away overnight, right? Like, you don't just wake up and say, man, I don't care about this at all. Like, what... Yeah. Especially, again, when you're young and you're in good shape and all those things. Like, what... What do you do now to sort of feed that competitive fire that I have no doubt still very much burns for you?
10: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually, I, I'm coaching um, lacrosse down here in Texas at, at Highland Park High School. Okay. Um, so, so we actually, are, our opening game is this weekend down in Houston um, against Cypress Woods, so we're getting ready for that. Uh, big tilt for the, for the Scots. And then I, I'm running a club lacrosse program down here as well. So that's still, you know, keeping me connected to the game Kind of growing the growing the sport down here in, in Dallas, which isn't a traditional hotbed. Um, you know, it, it's it's been unique. It's it's got its challenges, but so far it's been it's been a lot of fun and it's been keeping me busy for sure.
1: Ryan, uh, I, I lived in uh, Durham for a while in the early 2000s, and I was amazed at how many kids were playing lacrosse at that time. What is Texas like right now with lacrosse? Is it really becoming quite a hotbed?
10: Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's blowing up um, for sure, especially in the Dallas area. Uh, even since I moved down here a couple of years ago, the amount of kids and more so just uh, the drive to be good, I think, and, and the serious it, t- it takes um, to be good. You know, it's not it's definitely not Texas high school football yet, but at Highland Park, uh, we did, Coach Mike Pressler is now the head coach there, so I'm working for him been great learning a ton from coach pressler but there's a serious effort to kind of take this sport to next level down here um and i'm i'm pumped to be a part of it um but yeah it's been it's been a it's been pretty cool so far
0: not not a bad person to learn from by the way in mike pressler obviously an incredibly accomplished coach uh during the course of his career and um, speaking of durham of course was down at duke for a number of years Ryan, um, your experience. You bring. You mentioned Ryan Brown is with us. You're, you mentioned going out on top and winning a championship. You you played in the MLL. You were there part of the transition into the PLL. What has that brought to the sport of lacrosse? And as you bring up trying to grow the game in other places, obviously, you know, go the PLL is going to places where perhaps pro lacrosse hadn't touched before, right? Um, what have you noticed about the PLL specifically in growing the game of lacrosse, maybe in areas? Where perhaps it wasn't necessarily growing at the same rate before.
10: Yeah, and you know, I think I get I get that question a bunch. You know, MLL versus PLL, and from a on the field standpoint, you know, it's a lot of the same players, high level across. So from the competition standpoint, I wouldn't say things are that much different. But where things are a lot different is Mike and Paul are are next level businessmen. And they've done such a tremendous job of making us feel like we're actual pros. So guys are putting in the extra effort, the extra time, treating treating each weekend like it's a, a legit professional sport, preparing like pros, doing all the things it takes to be a professional athlete. And I think what you're seeing is, one, the, the on-field product has even taken a step farther um, because the effort is there on, on not just the front end and the front office and the operational standpoint, but the back end and the players as well. When you are a player and you can see the front offices locking down TV deals, putting us in six stadiums, having sold out games at Homewood and, and Philadelphia, D.C., it kind of raises your level like, wow, this is really cool. And I think it's just kind of a one-two punch and feeds into itself. So really I think Mike and Paul are, you know, they're crushing it for the sport of lacrosse and they're getting people excited um, it's a lot more visible, so I think the PLL is is going places for sure.
0: Give me an idea for you know you guys. I know, obviously, whenever there's a legend that leaves somewhere, it's difficult. But in trying to embrace where Hopkins Lacrosse is headed, hell of a start to the season. I know they kind of ran out of legs on Tuesday against Carolina in the second half. But where? How do you feel about where the program is headed, the trajectory, and the job that Peter Milliman has done? And what's a really difficult spot? Obviously, when you come in replacing someone who is such an iconic figure
10: yeah um that that's that's tough, you know I know they've had they've had a couple down years now, um and not you know John Crawley's my best friend um and he's the offensive coordinator yeah. there now, so i you know I'm wishing nothing but the best for the Blue Jays this weekend against Loyola. and I think they have the talent you know to go all the way. But I think it's tough, you know, to compare Coach Milliman to, to Coach Petro in, in regards, you know, he was there for so long. He's such a legendary coach. You know, I owe all my success to to, to those three guys and Bill DeJuan, Coach Petro, and Coach Bobby Benson on, on taking a chance on me as a recruit. Um, so I don't have enough good things to say about those guys. But I think, you know, it's tough. You, Hopkins, we, we haven't had the – best of seasons recently so the you know the alumni support is is not where it was you know when we were winning championships I think but those two big early wins I think has everyone back in the mood super excited for where this team's going and what they can do
1: Ryan I just was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the pressures that built up on you as a player and to some extent your teammates and to some extent to Dave Petromala You know, when you were recruited, they were just a couple years out of having won a championship and two in a row, uh, or two in a couple years, two and three years, years, and it just hasn't happened since then. Could you feel, because that's sort of like Johns Hopkins was like the New York Yankees were in baseball back in the 50s. It was assumed you'd be there at the end. Could you feel that pressure building up on you and your teammates and Dave?
10: Um, so, one thing I would say about Coach Petromala is he burdened all of the blame and all of the stress for everything. I don't think as players we ever felt the pressure. I think he put it all himself so we didn't have to, um, which is one of the qualities that you know I admire so much in him and respect him for. So, I don't think we ever felt it. But behind the scenes, you know, you know, I was a Baltimore guy. sandwich were Baltimore people. A lot of us were from the area. Um, and kind of understood what Johns Hopkins lacrosse was all about. So I can't sit there and tell you like, yeah, we, we came to Johns Hopkins to win championships and play in final fours. And, you know, my first year as a freshman, we didn't even make the NCAA playoffs after, you know, the previous two years that I think they were the number one seed in the playoffs going in and got knocked off in the, in the quarterfinal rounds. But, you know, we had Tucker Durkin and John Ranigan, Pierce Bassett, Palmer, all these incredible players. You're going in there like, oh, we're, you know, I'm just going to be a role guy on this team and and, and hitch by wagon. We're going to go to a Final Four, and things don't turn out the way you expect. So, so one interesting thing with sports always is, you know, you and you know, why you play the games is on paper. You you plan for things to go one way, and they end up going another way, and you you got to kind of get back to your roots and figure it out. So, I don't think you know, we ever put the pressure on ourselves of, of that, I think Coach Petro kind of burdened all of the pressure yeah. of getting back to the yeah. Final Four and championships so we could just focus on being the best across players we could be.
0: Uh, you know, we're going to have a World Championship again coming up this summer out in San Diego. Uh, Ryan, if I could, I I worked the Women's World Championship last summer for ESPN Plus, and I, can I be honest with you, I, I remember almost thinking like, hey look, I know that the World Championships are a big deal, but like... Most of the time, the U.S. wins, right? Like, not always, but most of the time, the U.S. wins. And I don't know that I understood until I was there and around it every day and seeing what it meant to these players still how big of a deal it was. You had, I mean, an unbelievable run in 18 as part of the World Championships. How significant is it? Like, Would you say that was the moment for you that, like, when we're talking 30 years from now, and we say, Ryan, what a hell of a career you had. Like, that to you, would that stand out more than anything else?
10: Um, yes. That, I mean, that was a special moment. I mean, one, being in Israel was just a cool experience in itself. But second, I think that was probably the most disciplined and regimented. I kind of know distractions I've, I've had in my like, lacrosse career when it comes to training and prep, preparation. Um, I was I was a volunteer out at Marquette. So for those who don't know where Marquette is, it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so it's freezing cold. There wasn't a lot going on. <laughs> so I was very, you know, disciplined in my working out, my shooting, my nutrition. And because I was coaching under Coach Amplo, who was a great lacrosse mind, I learned a ton about the game as well. And I was always around it, kinda of breaking it down. I was able to practice with the team um, and do this run, play scout and stuff like that. So I think, you know, I put a ton of work into it and it was kind of one of those moments when in your life, you, you work really hard and you see it pay off and, you know, you always hear like hard work pays off and you know, you got to put your hours in, um, be, you know, it was one of those moments where it all kind of clicked. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, kind of seeing the fruits of my labor and, and it was all worth, you know the the discipline, the hard workouts every single day, staying on top of my stuff was was worth worth it in the end to uh, have the performance. And not only that, but just a win, yeah. I think, was the biggest thing. That's
0: such because a cool we deal. lost
10: in uh, twenty fourteen.
0: To do it, uh, represent your country, and and man, what a thriller it ended up being in the final in twenty eighteen, and what a run you had! Uh, what a run you had in in general, Ryan Brown. I mean, an unbelievable career. It was a joy to watch you play, dude. And um, uh, looking forward to seeing what's next for you and how you're going to continue to impact this game down in Texas and throughout the country. What can we plug for you? Is there anywhere that, you know, Hopkins fans, lacrosse fans, can be following you social media-wise as uh, you continue your journey in the sports?
10: Um. Yeah. I mean, my my obviously I'm coaching at Highland Park Lacrosse. My uh, club team is called Texas Nationals. Um, we actually come up to we'll be in Baltimore a few times this summer playing. Um, we try to do the best we can getting up north, to especially Baltimore, to play those guys because it's just a different level of lacrosse up there. So if we want to get to that level and, and really make our mark on lacrosse as, as Dallas and as being a hotbed, um, we've got to be able to compete with those guys. So we'll be up in the area. I'll be up in Baltimore all summer. I enjoy being there in the summertime, um, being around Hopkins, being around Calvert Hall, just the, the Baltimore scene
0: at Brownie 4 as well on Instagram to give Ryan Brown a follow. Ryan, congratulations, man. What a run. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning.
10: Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, guys. I appreciate having me on.
0: Thanks a lot, Ryan. Ryan Brown with us here, Hopkins and Calvert Hall legend, uh, checking in on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. All right, we still have to squeeze in. we got to do things a little bit differently here because we got to squeeze in a couple of breaks before we wrap up the show today. Not, not that I'm blaming anyone. Not that I'm putting responsibility on anyone. Way to go, Griffin! Not at all. Not so, doing that. What's, no, no no, okay, no, no. At least not publicly. No, I'm not. I Here's what I don't. A good leader never throws anyone under the bus. and I Publi- Publicly? Not publicly. And I'm not going to throw Griffin under the bus. I want to make that abundantly clear. I won't do that. I will not call out Griffin... For his screw up whatsoever. Well, th- I will not you. do that. Hey, I just want you to. Yeah. Which screw I'm, up which screw up? Screw up where he played the same commercial break twice. I'm not gonna call that. I will not. If there's anything I'm gonna do, I am not gonna hang him out the drive for that. I'm gonna make it's sure very big I'm you. feeling we, great. We, I'm we feeling hand, great right in front of the bus right now. We handle it internally. Yeah, we do it behind. You're the,
1: you're the one that's people are looking at you as having screwed up. So right. it's very big of you. Oh, I'm going to, throw. yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't You're want taking it, it I,
0: I am absolutely not going to let anyone know that Griffin screwed everything up this morning. Kind
1: of like Petromala when when uh, yeah, Ryan should, just said he took it, all, it on his, shouldered his shoulder. All the, yeah. Shouldered all of that for him. You got wide shoulders, Glenn. Your local
0: Toyota dealer, buyatoidat.com, brings you today's show. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoidat.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local toyota dealer today stan the fan is here it's glenn clark radio
5: gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience but there are risks involved if you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer know your limit stay within it set a budget and a time to stop remember gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs
6: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every
0: Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George, and Barbara Fritchie Steaks. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day Holiday Racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track.
7: Another Orioles season is in the books, and the batter was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, and Facebook dot com slash sports or listen live at pressboxonlinecom slash radio and if you miss a show you can find us anywhere you get your podcast so tune into the bat around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at press box sports
1: Stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the Costas Inn and everybody around Baltimore knows that the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steak salad soups whatever is on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can
7: also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um,
0: what's wrong with you? Wait, you gotta explain this to me, because po- the microphones are on now. You no, they're explain back the- on? Yeah, they're back on. I thought we're we doing were the doing the double again. the commercial. No, no, no. Well, we're not gonna run two commercial breaks back to back. That's too oh, much to ask. We're right gonna do God. some content, then we'll take our final commercial
1: break. The Rays have had yesterday. The Rays moved a player from their non-roster to the forty-man roster yes. and put uh, Andrew Kittredge on the sixty-day injured list. But they had to void it today because avoiding the, the transaction is largely a technicality. The league flagged the transaction citing a rule that non-roster invitees are ineligible to be selected to the 40-man roster until March 15th. Hey, no. And the, the point of that is that Trevor Kelly now, if he would get an injury between yeah. now and March 15th, he's sh- S out of luck. In other words, if he's won the 40-man, all of his medical right, is covered. Right, correct. This
0: is yeah. a little bit seems like maybe where the rules don't actually make Doesn't all that make much, a lot of sense, yeah, correct right? sense whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, new bracket talk top- to Rob Man- Manfred. Yeah, I'll get on that. that. I'll make a phone call, see what I can do. By the way, I don't know if you heard, but you, I, I obviously you know the legendary Bob from Parkville. He's been a sports talk radio caller for yeah. eternity. Bob called into a national show last night and... Did what Bob typically does when he calls in—he loses his mind about something, and mm-hmm. screams about John Unitas, and he ended up being fodder for one of—I think it's Zach Gelb on CBS—was turned it into national radio fodder for about five minutes. It's tough for me because everybody wanted me to. I
2: mm, I know that's gonna sound a, weird. Bob's a nice guy. That's the I like
0: Bob. Yeah. And honestly, like him to a point where now that I've been back at 105.7 for the most part, I don't put him on anymore. Right. Because I don't want to have to do that. With Bob, Bob's 86 years old. He's, I I love Bob. I respect Bob. I really appreciate. um Like clearly at this point, Lee Corso does not bring to college game day what Lee Corso once upon a time brought to college game day. Right? Like right. he just he can't. He's past that point in his life. But yet, particularly Kirk Herbstreit, who I think we we get too much of. Like he's he brought nothing to the Thursday night football games. Right. He does a really great job of understanding. How to still get something good from uh, Lee Corso right. when they're on the set together, and I appreciate that. And I don't.
1: So what you're saying is you're not talented I'm enough not, to get I, something I good out of Bob. I
0: can't do it. I yeah. can't. So for the most part, I just
1: Bob's very passionate about. He's what he a very. In.
0: But you know, he's just at a point where yeah. it doesn't always make sense. So I, I don't know. I didn't. I almost didn't like the fact that we were dunking on Bob. I don't like doing that. I don't. I like Bob. I think Bob has been a very significant part of the Baltimore sports radio scene for a very long time, and I'm
3: appreciative of someone like Bob. I mean, hell, anybody who's done this. Well, to your point, th- with his age, he probably doesn't see anything that's going on on Twitter, you know, so. oh, well, that's true. So, I don't, so yeah, this probably he doesn't really, anything, anything like, any, any dunks probably don't really yeah, affect him. Yeah, that's probably so. a fair point, although yeah. I, I, they were doing on the show as well.
0: I knocked
1: on okay. his door last night. Did you I let it go over that, there and say, and hey, say hey, there's hey, Bob, a, did you hear what's <laughs> going on about
0: a, uh Maryland, a now a seven seed in Joe Lennardi's newest brackets that he has up at ESPN.com, up to a seven seed in the NCAA seven tournament. Seven seed. The problem is their second round matchup in this in the the new brackets that Joe Lenardi right. has up would have them face UCLA in the second round.
3: That was I literally said it to my brother last night, like I, we were talking we were, we were talking about the bracket and we were like. I was like, yeah, I mean, I really don't see a matchup that I absolutely hate for the Terps, except
0: for... Don't love that one. Don't (laughs) love the idea of UCLA in the (laughs) second round. Doesn't seem so great. I did see somebody, um, and I I wish I could remember who it was on Twitter last night, who said, is there an argument that the best win in all of college basketball this season is UCLA drubbing, drubbing Maryland at home, considering nobody has been able to beat Maryland at home all year long? And I was like... I don't know. Maybe there is. <laughs> maybe there is an argument for that, that it's the best win interesting. all That's year, an interesting right? thought. Yeah. Like nobody else has beat them. They beat them like a drum in College Park. You could make an argument that it's one of the better wins on the year. Stan, we were talking earlier about the new print issue of PressBox. Uh, there's a story that you told in this print issue of PressBox that's available right now for free. At your neighborhood, Royal Farms. Uh, You want to spend a minute talking about it? Well,
1: it's it's sort of a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Uh, You know, I usually write opinion columns about the Ravens, Mm -hmm. the Orioles, the Terps, uh, or whatever's going on in the world of sports. This was, uh, I was at a dinner party at my friend um, Sue Kenny's house right after Thanksgiving. Uh, And I was talking to some people to my right at the table. And I sort of heard her talking to somebody about this, and I, like, finished up with them, and I turned and listened to the end of the story. And it's quite a remarkable human interest story about how special an animal can be to somebody, in this case a racehorse. Uh, And the lengths that Sue Kenny went to uh, ensure this horse had... A good life. It's
0: a really neat story. It's a really, really neat story. It is available right now. And and
1: Sue Kenny. Just so everybody knows, I met her when I started Press Box. I used to go out uh, and I knew the then soccer coach of Stevenson, John Pleviac. John pleviak and John was gonna always was talking us up so that they would advertise with us. And I was out there a lot of the lacrosse games when they brought in football, and we did cover stories Mm -hmm. on Stevenson, and um, something that normally wouldn't happen unless they were sort of in business with you. Uh, And and I met Sue then because she was the administrative assistant to Dr. Kevin Manning, who was then the president of the university, and she's still doing that same thing for Elliot Hirschman. But she's been a volunteer at uh, Sagamore Farms now for 14 years, and this was... An intersection between her and a racehorse.
0: It's a neat story. It is a very neat story. I encourage you to uh, pick it up. You can also read it at PressboxOnline.com, but you can pick up that new print issue of Pressbox anywhere around town where you see that little box, including 60 Royal Farm stores right now. Um, now that you've seen what the new bases look like, I have not seen. You them. have not seen the new no, bases? I have really? Not the, seen there them. was a lot of fun on Twitter this week because no. Major League Baseball kind of did like a explanation of what the bases look <laughs> right, like and right. it kind of created like a silly a lot of people on twitter were having fun i with, can't wait
1: until one of them a so, ball hits the base so
0: here's bob nightingale for example sharing a picture of that's the old base that's on the top base, the new base okay. below it
1: kind of looks kind of similar the same yeah. right like, yeah except it's got a little more overall there is, to it. there is the thought from some that the new bases
0: were going to lead to maybe a, an uprising and stolen bases. No, that's not real, Griffin. That's not a real picture. That's, what, that's not real. That's what people were having fun with on Twitter. That is not actually what the bases look like. Do you genuinely believe that the new bases are going to significantly change stolen bases' activity on the base paths? This I think
1: season? the numbers will be up, but it will be up also in conjunction with the fact that the pitchers can't throw over. In other words – taken individually that should lead to more stolen bases just right. the size of the base but then when you put it into place that what is it a balk if they throw over more than two times mm-hmm. I mean uh, you're not going to be able to keep uh, yeah, Jorge kidding. Mateo right standing from really right there.
0: getting a big lead that makes it's, That's a very good point. That that probably is as significant, if not more significant, than even the base the bases themselves, as far as trying to encourage more base running. And again, things that look like baseball to me, not yeah, all and and I, and I like that. I like that baseball is addressing. I I get that we whenever baseball does anything, everybody wants to scream about it. But I like the idea that you're addressing the problem that the sport has gotten away from being baseball and has just become
3: home run. Everybody derby.
0: swinging for the fences yeah. and trying to do things without utterly and completely changing the game. I'm still torn on how I feel about the shift thing.
1: I don't. I like it overall. I, yeah. I think it's good. There for was th- a comfortability for the team I'm rooting for to watch a left-handed hitter pull what would have been a base hit and it suddenly is an right team three or a, or a five three because the third baseman's yeah. over there but this is getting back to real baseball it just i agree with that and in general i think
0: it's the right thing for the sport to do for the sake of the sport it still feels i don't know a little hinky to me because at some point these hitters should have figured out what they needed to do when they were like that's the part that I'm I'm frustrated by the fact once upon a time when the shift started going in I said look there's going to be another generation of hitters that's going to come up and they are going to be more prepared they're going to know it's part of the game they will have learned how to be more complete hitters and instead they just didn't they never learned they just said we'll keep swinging for the fences we'll keep dealing with the results and that to me
1: is the frustrating part is that well, remember, today's hitters, it's such a vastly different game than 30 years ago, Glenn, mm-hmm. that today's hitters have to face almost after the fifth inning a new a litany, right, yeah. a specialist that his specialty is throwing the ball 98 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got four or five of them. You know, um, you don't see the old funky, you know, you see a couple of them in baseball, but now it's everybody has a clone of the 98 to 100-mile-an-hour fastball, they put them out there as many times before their arm goes dead mm-hmm. and they have to be operated on and, you know, you bring up the next batch of them. So it's real easy for us to say that Chris just, Davis should have gone to – he should have started to bunt or go to left field. But, you know, it's easier said than done. I,
0: I agree with that, and it's definitely not about one player in particular. To me, it's yeah. more about the way the game was taught. It's that – I thought there was going to be a sea change in how, and it just never seemed it. it well, the seemed, sea
1: change was changing to the upward swing. You know, that, that
0: was the sea change. It seemed to be. It wasn't
1: the, like learning to spray the ball. Exactly all over, right, you know.
0: and that was the disappointing part to me that you almost had to do this because the players and the coaches and every the yeah. stewards of the game themselves didn't go the route of fixing it, and that that's the only disappointing part to me. Right. Again, in general. I think it's the best thing for baseball. I think it's going to improve the product. I think it's going to make it more exciting. I think there are going to be more people that will want to watch the game because of it. But it's just disappointing that it didn't happen organically, that it had to be forced instead of something that was able to happen organically over the years. All right, we will grab one more break. When we come back in, we will get. Is this, the, this is I, unless this is, unless someone, and I won't name what names. What if
1: that that person played the wrong commercials again? Oh, then we're gonna have
0: to stay here until three today, probably yeah. is the way that'll go. But I'm not gonna say. I swear publicly, to God, you're not gonna say. I will say. never, ever, ever say that Griffin screwed everything up today, and he's not getting paid for any of it. He's being he's being fined. He's being. I'm not going to talk he's at all about being fined. Well, I'm just saying. You I'm said not, he's being fined. Well, I'm not going to say that, Stan. Oh. I'm not going to say that Griffin has to give back his entire paycheck for the week. I'm not going to say that, not out loud. I won't do that. All right, I want to make it abundantly clear. Today's show, you know what I'll talk about on the other side. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
2: for life with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410 887 5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent.
1: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson. Breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
0: There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Steaks. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day Holiday Racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. That first
6: sip. That first bite. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night.
1: 100 North Point Boulevard.
7: Check out Pressboxonline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark.
0: Winding down for a Friday edition of GCR, Stand the Fan Charles, in the studio with us. And again, we were just talking lacrosse with Ryan Brown a little bit ago. I don't know that everybody knows you can bet college lacrosse. So, like those big games we were talking about this weekend. Syracuse, Maryland. Loyola Hopkins, you can bet them. Place your bet on college lacrosse, $5, and you can get $200 in instant bonus bets when you go to pressboxonline.com slash offers and sign up with DraftKings. It's your chance to have fun, make a few bucks, betting on your favorite college lacrosse teams. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Click on DraftKings. Get your $200 in lacrosse bonus bets. I was
1: going to ask you uh, one I, I was almost going to ask Jackie McWilliams last night, the commissioner of the CIAA. Can you bet on CIAA I games? So. I don't. I don't think they go below Division One yeah. ever. So I don't. I don't. I think the.
0: I'm almost certain. I know like uh, they will include some one double A or FCS football, yeah. games football games sometimes, but I don't think anybody's gone to that level for betting. So unless they have a specific partner that they have, like, come up with in order to try to encourage it, mm-hmm. uh, the typical betting yeah. house won't allow for that. My bookmaking shop. You
1: know, yeah, I stands, stands, stands Bookmaking. bookmaking yes. Uh, we do... Which is we, weird. I needed a book
0: made. We do. And Stan was like, no, sorry, that's not what we do yeah, here.
1: Yeah, we do pee-wee basketball. No, that's smart. We specialize Now, that.
0: you've really, you know, you've got the analytics. And the props
1: are, will one of the kids pee right. in pee-wee? Correct. Will he pee Correct. during <laughs>
0: the game? Will he yeah. wander off, yeah. not be found we, on the court we, somewhere?
1: Yeah. They'll say a little will little rule on the Correct, ball? All those. You know.
0: those are good props, actually. Yeah. I'd like to get some action on that. <laughs> My son's uh, lacrosse season starts up pretty soon. Maybe we can will get he some. catch the ball? Oh, we will bet no on every single one. Yeah. Will anyone <laughs> catch the ball? No. We'll bet. just continue Will helmet no. be crooked looking? The, the problem is for my older son, who's now eight, a couple of the kids in the Hereford can program actually to... have actually started to be able to play. Like, in the last couple of years, nobody could play. Right. So it was fine. The ball was just on turf all the time. It was just a scrum for the ball, and somebody would come away with it. Now, like, one or two of them... Have older brothers. They're they're really into it, and they can genuinely catch the ball and shoot and the whole thing. And it becomes a problem. Like every game is the one kid that can play, and then a bunch of you know monkeys just sort of like <laughs> running around on the field. Like it is bad. It is not bad. good. I mean, not good. He's still having fun. It's what it's what it is. He's still having fun. All right, uh, winding down for the day and for the week, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deal- Toyota dealer Tacoma is from your local Toyota dealer today. Hang on one second, uh, Griffin. I just All needed right. to get something uh, posted here. All right. Experience not necessary, but preferred. oh oh, whoa, whoa.
3: Well, hold on, wait a minute. Uh, what are we doing? Prefer you
0: start immediately. I don't. If I don't possible. So I. Just I, I don't get, think I just need, need to get something
3: posted. Does this have here? anything
1: to do with the fact that Griffin screwed up the no, commercial not, break? No, we're not.
3: talking about. Stan, What are you oh. talk? We're not, oh, We don't okay. talk about. So you're that. posting. No, you're I'm posting something else.
1: I'm just. I needed to get
0: something posted. Is all on Ooh, you're the, looking for on the internet. Oh. Hang well, on the on. Thing maybe about the references. On. Monster.com. Let me make sure I get it up on some Monster. other places. Let me see where else I can. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. No, maybe I mean maybe I can help with. <laughs> no, no, I don't think we need your help for this one, Griffin. Oh, I think this okay. one we can handle. Uh, I, you've done enough. Oh. You've done all right. You've okay. done enough
3: for today's yeah. show. <laughs> what you got? Okay. Uh, <laughs> on this day in 1994 uh David Robert uh Robinson, excuse me, David Robinson uh, recorded the fourth quadruple double in NBA history, the most recent uh, uh, as well. Uh can you name also the most points scored in a quadruple double? Can you name the other three guys that uh that
1: had a quadruple double in
0: and NBA? What does it
1: consist of? It's points, points rebounds, assists, assists and either steals yeah, or either blocks. Yeah,
3: either steals or blocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did Draymond
0: fish. have a quadruple double? Do I remember that?
3: He 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 uh why do I think he did? I know. Well, if
0: he's not on your list, that yeah, doesn't seem list. like it's likely. <laughs> I know. That, no,
3: he did not. <laughs> I mean, because like, like, I also kind of I could have sworn thought, that, thought that I
0: remembered seeing that Draymond Green had a quadruple double. But he is not
3: on my list. <laughs> uh, Oscar Robertson, uh, not Oscar Robertson. Will Chamberlain, not Will Chamberlain.
1: Well, this is a
3: stupid list. Yeah. We don't uh, we don't need it.
1: Uh, I
0: I, don't. I was
3: going to guess Oscar Robertson. Well, too. then what do we have left? Yeah. Uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, not Russell Westbrook. Draymond did uh, he had a triple double with without oh, points. Without points, that's without right. Points. Larry yeah. Bird, not Larry Bird.
0: How, how lame is it that he had a triple double that point? He couldn't just get to ten points during the course of the game.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Magic we're, Johnson, we're not doing well here. Yeah, I know. Okay, so this, this isn't going
3: well. He was uh, it was played during the same era that. Uh, that David Rob- Robinson played. Shaquille O'Neal. Not Shaquille O'Neal. Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon uh, had the third. I, no recollection of that whatsoever. Bubble. Um And then who else on my list? Uh, they're both older players, a Cavalier and a...
0: And, like When you say older, I don't remember any who played for the Cavaliers before, like Mark Price. So
3: this isn't going to go well. The very first one, Cavalier uh, 60s, I think. I, just get it. Oh. It Nate Thurmond. Him I for his of, defense, I just don't think of Nate. He was a as Golden a Cavalier. State Warrior. Yeah. 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 very first. Yeah, I don't think of him. Yeah, Golden State, yeah. San Francisco Warriors. I think is what he was what, when he was drafted. But yeah, first quadruple double in NBA history, the second one, uh, and the only one with steals in the in the uh, in the steals? stat category. Alvin Robertson. Okay, I got to be honest with you.
0: Hang on a second. Just g- give me, give me, give me. A, Give me a second. Here. Put in the creativity, yeah. had, the part <laughs> of that, the right. creativity, hang on, hang on,
1: practicality. practicality. Practicality.
3: And uh, then I had another one. As Stan mentioned, Cole Hamels uh, uh, signed uh, this morning.
0: Good to be a team player. <laughs>
3: and it said Cole Hamels had the f- – what did you say, Stan? He had the most wins among – He's
1: most active wins outside of Scherzer.
3: Okay, that, that was going to be my tip. Scherzer, Verlander,
1: Verlander, Kershaw, Adam Wainwright. And uh, damn it, I forgot the one.
3: There's one more. Um, Scherzer, Frankie. It, it is Rankie. Zach Granke. Right. There you go. Yeah. There, you just killed it.
0: Yeah,
3: those are the, those. that was. I gotta be honest with you. That was
0: a much better tidbit than trying to get me to come up with Alvin Robertson and <laughs> Nate Thurmond. Well, that's, that's why a, I had the two of them to piggyback yeah. off one another. <laughs> Apply immediately. Please. I've got we're, somebody I know that we're was dying for producer. Thank you. If you don't, no, yeah. no. Me, me, I mean, again, dying again. could think, start <laughs> immediately, literally before the show is over. Thank you, well, Griffin. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. That, was, uh, that of of all of the tidbits you've done, that was by far the most recent. Now that was, here's what's here's yeah, what's coming up Totally tubularized this weekend. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit, stay within it. Remember that if you or a loved one. Has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Uh, tonight, eh, nothing really tonight. Uh, Maryland baseball season gets underway on ESPN Plus with high expectations. The number 13 team in the country coming into the year, Maryland baseball. Who's on our the coach now? Is uh, it's Rob, Rob Vaughn. Rob Long? Rob Vaughn. Not Rob Long. Be, Long. My God, that'd be a hell of a rise for him from yeah. Mount Carmel women's basketball mm, coach to, to University of Maryland baseball coach. Not not a traditional route that you go for finding a coach. Now, Rob Vaughn is still the coach at Maryland baseball. But their season gets underway tonight. Tomorrow, busy day. Uh, Towson's on TV, 4 o'clock, uh, on NBC Sports Washington against North Carolina A&T. Again, lots of lacrosse tomorrow. Hopkins, Loyola at noon on ESPN+. Big Ten Network Plus for Syracuse, Maryland lacrosse at one. Those are the two really big games this weekend. Um, Hoops, uh, UMBC's at New Hampshire tomorrow at one on ESPN3. Loyal's at Navy tomorrow at four on ESPN+. Plus. Towson lacrosse at home, home opener against St. Joseph's at noon tomorrow. UMBC lacrosse opens the season on the road at Drexel at one o'clock on Flow Sports. Morgan's at Norfolk State for hoops tomorrow um, at 4 o'clock. Coppin hosts Howard at 4. The Maryland women are on the road at Michigan State tomorrow at 3. That's also on Big Ten Network Plus. On Sunday, Maryland, Nebraska, 5 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Everything else locally, find at glenclarkradio.com. Of course, Tiger Woods playing golf. Good chance after a solid first round of him making the weekend. He has given a shot back Today. So he is at uh, one under? under. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah, he's still at one under six holes through his day. So he still has a pretty good chance of sticking around for the weekend. Today you'd have to watch him on ESPN Plus because the coverage on Golf Channel won't start until his round is finished. Of course, the Daytona 500 is Sunday on Fox um, with Maryland's own Travis Pastrana competing in the Daytona 500, which is just a wild, wild story uh, that that's something that he's it's doing. In the Daytona De- Travis Pastrana is racing in the daytona 500
1: he was an extreme athlete yes, right
0: was a legend a legend in that community just decided got a hair up his ass that he, wanted, his to, ass and he, he wanted, wanted to go wanted to the run extremist the daytona, story yes they yeah. wanted to run the daytona 500 and he is qualified he is in the daytona 500 on sunday wild wild story uh, also, this weekend, of course, uh, NBA All Star festivities tonight is the rookie game and the celebrity game. Yeah, was, also, the basketball. There's nothing
3: f- on tonight. The celebrity All Star
0: game. Yes, the Basketball Hall of Fame news. Co- hang on a second. And you must have taste in any. <laughs> it's a great. It's a great game. Ever. No, it is not. There's and nothing else on. The NBA TV oh. though now it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, it's a perfect. It's Griffin, stop. The uh, Basketball Hall of Fame class today at 5.30 will be announced on NBA TV. Tomorrow night is the three-point. Kevin Herter is in the three-point contest. Again, won't get me to watch, but if you care, Kevin Herter is in the three-point contest tomorrow night. And on Sunday, the All-Star game itself. Anything non-sports-wise There is
3: reason out. for you to watch the Celebrity All-Star game. Francis Tiafu is God God Team bless Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. I
0: love Francis Tiafu. I, 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 I'm telling you, I don't know what the dollar figure would have to be.
3: Albert Pujols is if playing. If you
0: said... 21 Savage. If you said I'll give you $100 to watch the Celebrity All-Star Game... Jan- Janelle
3: Monae. I would probably still say no. Calvin Johnson's
0: playing. $500. Oh, Cordae, and, and Cordae. Stop! Griffin, no one cares! I well.
3: Tell me what's going on non-sports. Uh, there's uh, The final ca- season of Carnival Row, this show that came out in 2019 on Prime Video. I, They're like I f- I wrapping that. it up. Carter Levine is in it. Uh, the, uh,
1: looks, has the NFL had its flag football Yes, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it happened the week before the okay. Super Bowl. You missed that Did, one? Was it exciting? No. <laughs> Tyler Huntley threw Did four anybody watch?
0: I, there were a lot of people in the stadium. Blew my mind how many people were in the stadium for that. I could not believe that anyone decided. They were in Vegas and they were like, the best way I could spend my day
1: is to wander over to this football stadium and watch a flag football I game. I have a feeling those were the free tickets that people I, got for doing Stin, something. I can't
0: believe that you would go for f- for free. I can't <laughs> believe you would spend your day that way. You're in Las Vegas. There's got to be anything else that you can do. Go see. Were there
1: cheerleaders? There were probably
0: there cheerleaders. There were lots of cheerleaders yeah. there, Yeah. Stefan Diggs noticed that at one uh, point, yeah. yes. Yeah.
3: Uh, Apple TV Plus has a show called uh, Hello Tomorrow that is premiering today. It's like these guys are going around. It's like a retro futuristic. Uh, uh, that's where it takes place, and they're trying to sell timeshares on the moon. Okay, and it looks like so it's supposed to be very thriller, dramatic. Like, is yeah. there anybody? Is
0: there an actor in it? Uh, uh, no, I didn't recognize it. Oh, okay, but the, th- th-
3: it was like a, the, the trailer was intriguing. Uh, right. And then there's a movie also on Apple TV Plus called Sharper. Sebastian stands in it. John Lithgow, Julianne Moore, um, and he's like a con artist, and uh, and then he has his friend, because his mom. And I don't know. It's confusing. The, John Lithgow's a billionaire, and they're trying to. He's trying to steal money from him. Sunday night,
1: NBC's doing something kind of interesting. I don't know how they got the rights to do it, but they're you know they're bringing Magnum. Oh, Magnum P.I. Yes, moving from correct, CBS. Correct. But they're doing two reruns. At seven to eight, and eight oh, to have the nine. The old Magnum PI? Not, not the the. Um, not Tom Selleck. Not Tom Selleck. The one, the most recent one with this Jay Hernandez, uh, and Perditti Weeks playing. Okay, uh, and we, then that. Leaves. But then they're going to have the new episode, the first new episode okay. on NBC. Right. I like that show. Do you? Yeah, I do. Okay, all I, right. I have a very warm spot for. Hawaii on television. It goes back to Hawaiian Eye. Okay. And then the original Magnum. So I always like
6: Hawaii.
3: All right. Uh, Yeah, so that's on NBC. And then right before that on ABC is a new season of American Idol. Yeah. Katy Perry sure. and Lionel Richie and Luke Bryan and then of course Last of Us on HBO so, so basically nothing is what Last of Us uh, Ant-Man comes out
0: this oh, yeah, weekend also that's Ant-Man obviously a big story I think, I, I, I think Mrs. Clark and I are going to see it. she's finally reached the point this was the only thing we could ever agree on is we go see the Marvel, Marvel movies I brought it up to her the other day she was like mm, I'd rather just go to dinner I'm like it costs $100 to go to dinner it costs $20 to go to the movies we just took our kids to Disney we can go to the movies or stay at home that's the way it's going god go to dinner uh by the way travis kelsey it's been announced is going to host center oh Live yeah, on march was, 4th yeah. uh travis kelsey will be the host they're off this weekend woody harrelson's hosting next week which i'm sure will be great and then travis kelsey will host He'll center be his Live. same
1: obnoxious self travis, travis kelsey. kelsey
0: i mean i don't think he can keep saying nobody thought we could do this oh
1: hey that'll be the opening bit god what a bit that is
0: yes john colson Oh, important breaking yeah, news. Lamar I do, Jackson, do love important. Lamar Jackson yeah. signed. Yeah. Signed with Pressbox. Yeah.
6: Gunner Henderson's mom just called asking for asking oh, for a co- bunch of copies of Pressbox with her baby on, that's the, lovely. on the cover, that's which lovely. I think is cool. That's lovely. Good. Being shipped out immediately.
0: It's wonderful. It's a lovely story that Luke Jackson wrote about the Gunner Henderson that's on yeah. the cover of this month's print issue of Pressbox. That's very nice. All right, Stan, you will be on the Bat Around tomorrow morning.
1: On the battle around with Paul and Zach uh, tomorrow at around 1020 for about 20 minutes. And then on Monday night, uh, Ben McDonald and uh, Ross and I will talk to yeah, Ben McDonald be about the Oriole season. Then Thursday, next Thursday, Anthony Adams, the new soccer head coach at UMBC. Excellent. Of course, Facebook.com slash pressbox
0: sports for all those. He's at the stand the fan on Twitter. Thanks today to Ryan Brown. Thanks also to Bo Smolka. Thanks as well to John Fanta from Fox Sports. And thanks this morning to who's the last one? Ryan Ripkin. Ryan Ripkin. Tho- sorry, Emmy. Yes, Emmy. He doesn't get a thanks.
1: On his last show. We'll get all of it up.
0: Wait, wait. No. Get wait. All, we'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the. Oh, my God. It's so good. TabicLenClarkRadio.com. All right. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Gre- uh, Reed and I will be with you on Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock on 1057 The Fam. We'll actually also be doing Monday morning, 6 a.m. over on 1057 The Fam. Then I'll be running over here afterwards. So it'll be a long day. If you think I was in a good mood today, just you wait till Monday when I'll be running on six hours of doing radio. That will be a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, the Costas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, Great 8's memorabilia, Maryland Vascular Specialist, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin, at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go local hoops and, and lacrosse teams. Duke sucks.